0: This episode is supported by Dove. Narrow beauty standards have permeated our feeds, perpetuating beauty ideals that can't be achieved in real life, impacting girls' self-esteem. To combat this, the Dove Self-Esteem Project is taking action to support the next generation so that they can have a positive experience on social media by providing free resources to parents, mentors, and educators. Dove is tackling the issue of digital distortion with Reverse Selfie, a film rooted in new research on body confidence from the Dove Self-Esteem Project. They're also providing a new confidence kit so that kids and parents can navigate social media with confidence and have a more positive experience online. Head on over to dove.com slash talk to download the new confidence kit and helpful tips to have the Selfie Talk today. But Alex. Yes, yeah, Shane.
1: Let's begin this episode.
0: Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour. On this Family Tree podcast, episode 96.
1: 96. And I'm not going to say anything about episode 100 just being four episodes away.
0: Yeah, not anything about episode 100 being four episodes away and getting more and more exciting every week.
1: Yeah, we have been looking forward to it for about, <laughs> you know, 50 episodes we've been talking about it. But who do you think our episode 100 guests will be?
0: Well, we have an episode with a special guest that is scheduled for around that time, and that is Sarah Nicole Landry of the Birds Papaya.
1: Well, that's no coincidence, Alex, and we don't just happen to have this woman booked. It's the fact that she was the first domino that Mm -hmm. triggered everything. After we booked her as a guest we looked at each other and we said in perfect unison let's always book big wigs. And from that (laughs) moment forward we've made it our mission to get the best guests humanly possible. We've had the Brad Pitt of parenting on this podcast and we may even have the real Brad Pitt on the show one day.
0: Well he better and in fact I'm offended that he hasn't said yes to us already but.
1: In his defense we have not asked. We don't <laughs> feel like we're quite ready to, you ask don't, but
0: him you or, don't think that he's like trying to find his way to us, clawing his way to get on this family tree podcast.
1: You never know with Brad.
0: Oh, I'm assuming he would be if he only knew he existed. But moving on, because tonight, you know, talking about those big wigs, those awesome guests, we have obviously some more awesome guests. So we start off with. The dumb dads. We've got Kevin and Evan. They do. They're huge on TikTok. Go check them out right now because I can guarantee whether you are a dad, a mom, whatever, you are going to love their stuff. You are going to relate.
1: What if you're an uncle?
0: An uncle, for sure. If you take care of kids at all in any, you know, respect, you're gonna love their stuff. Especially if you're a parent yourself, though. Uh, but yeah, we talk about dad life. They're both comedians, so they bring that into their work now on social media. And they're stay-at-home parents, so we get into all of it, and it is so fascinating.
1: Yeah, if you're not following them on TikTok, I suggest you do so. Sometimes comedy in the parenting world can be a little cheesy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and we've
1: had some videos that we've made on TikTok that have gotten millions of views, and I've been in shock and been like this wasn't a funny video yet. Mm-hmm. It's I compared it to a wedding audience how sometimes yeah. it's an easier audience. However, the dumb dads, every video they do, I find it not watered down at all. It's very funny, yet it's not vulgar, trying to be shocking in any way, they've really found a perfect comedic tone. And I have nothing but respect for these guys because I'm trying to be in the comedy world too, <laughs> as I might have mentioned on this podcast, I'm I'm trying to start a sketch show and these guys are in the sketch world and they do it so brilliantly. So I love talking to them. And this was my first time sitting in on an interview in a while. So yeah. I, was a l- I was a little bit nervous.
0: It was nice to have you there, especially talking to dads, because here's the thing. I love getting... Uh, dad perspectives. And this is because I'm not one. And, you know, whereas I think guys take up too much space in so many facets of the world, I think when it comes to parenting and the parenting world, we don't hear about their feelings enough, like their actual feelings, because only in the past couple decades have dads really started to vocalize, you know, their thoughts and their feelings toward parenting and home life. So I I loved being in on this conversation and having you there. I thought it was really good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, next up, we have a returning guest, Liesl Teen, who is mommy labor nurse. And like, I loved my first conversation with Liesl so much when we talked about pregnancy and birth and the different ways that you can kind of plan that and do that. So we talk all postpartum, skin to skin, calming babies, soothers, whether they're okay or not. And we spend a lot of time, more time than I thought we would, on that first poop And you know what? It's so important. It's such a thing. And I didn't know it was a thing before I had kids. But that first poop after you have a baby deserves, I think, you know.
1: Round of applause?
0: No, round of applause deserves some kind of attention. So great conversation with Liesl. uh, If you are pregnant, if you, you know, are postpartum and you're wondering what the hell you went through in those early days, great episode to listen to. So yeah, you're really going to love it.
1: But shall we move on to drinks? Because we are drinking drinks.
0: Let's do it, babe. So first I will say cheers.
1: Cheers to us.
0: All right. So take a sip because this one is beautiful. So we are drinking Seedlip Grow 42. And Ooh. La Croix, or, you know, that's the French way. In, it's Lacroix. I know it's supposed to be Lacroix, Croix, but I think that's only because... People in the states don't pronounce French things, but we're drinking Lacroix hibiscus and Seedlip Grow Forty Two, which is you know like their citrusy um, non alcoholic Seedlip, and it goes so beautiful with the hibiscus. It's like
1: ah, uh, this is so it's like a beach drink.
0: You know it's what I mean? The perfect
1: summer drink is yeah, what it is. All
0: I need is a pool now.
1: Yes. However, we do have a friend who just got a pool, and I think the thing better than having a house with a pool is having a friend has a pool because then you don't have to take care of it the maintenance you know well
0: here's the thing a friend with a pool who's inviting you there every day because if you're not getting invited there every day then it doesn't make a difference so I'd a friend like with think, a pool,
1: I don't need to add that if I'm saying the next best <laughs> thing they'd assume I'm getting invited
0: well so how do we make sure that these friends know that we want to get invited every day because I, I tried to drop a hint through uh, Instagram DMs earlier today, the
1: hint was tell me to come over anytime and I'll be there. <laughs> You're not dropping hints, well, and, and I didn't Dan- know if
0: she knew I was being serious.
1: Well, Mike's serious, and the Mike's a very oh, Mike is uh, Mike Vierman. He's on the other podcast I'm a part of. He's the host actually, and he's a very what's it called extroverted person. Mm-hmm. So Danica's introverted, but I think. She likes company sometimes. So well, there you
0: go. We got kids my, the same age.
1: You can always be my tag along. You have no problem doing that. Some some women don't like being there on guys nights. You're not one of those women. You will invade in on a guy's night, and I use happily. invade, and that is a negative connotation. Know, but I, we I, love I, having you around.
0: Thanks, Shane. But I I would invade happily. You know. I know
1: that's I. Hey, I'm. <laughs> I'm not joking or being sarcastic. You will invade happily, and in fact, the other day, uh, the boys, as I as I lovingly refer to them, were going to get together for a basketball game, mm-hmm. which I have been looking forward to playing basketball for however long this pandemic has been going on. I used to play every single day beforehand, and to not play for that long, it was hurting me.
0: I know. I felt so, so bad.
1: I try, I I desperate, my friends who I don't even know could bounce a basketball. I'm like, please come, please come play with me. And then since we have Nona here right now, you were able to come out with the boys and we played two on two.
0: Well, the, and here's the thing, like I wasn't totally invading. They only had three. So I was like, look, I could show up and even out the teams, right? Because you guys were playing one on one until I got there. And yeah, we did two on two. So Shane and I were on team together.
1: And you're one of my favorite teammates. I love that you play basketball. I love how you play. I love that you're a cutter. I love that you're a tenacious defender. I uh, This this makes me emotional that you're good at basketball. <laughs> I love that you're a shooter. I love that you can fake. There's so many things I love about your game. It makes me you love do you more. You look like
0: you're getting teary I am. I <laughs> love
1: it. I'm not, you know, I'm not joking. I love the fact that, <laughs> that you can be my teammate in every respect.
0: Because Shane's actually kind of crying.
1: Well, it doesn't take a lot to get me going here, but I, it is important to me that I can have my partner in life if we need to just at any moment play two-on-two. Two, I know we can win. And I don't want to be like LeVar Ball here, but I think we've never lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think we've ever lost playing two-on-two. Two-on-two? On two. We played I, your dad and Jake once, and we murdered them. Mind you, Jake's basketball is not his sport.
0: Yeah. I I can't remember a time that we've lost. We've played
1: little kids. We've beaten high schoolers. Like,
0: Oh, well, there was a time when we were in Toronto, and we were playing together, and there was like 100 people at the court, because we kind of had a tournament going on, and you and I were killing it, and I, I don't think we lost there, but they were like so many kids and teenagers and like people in their 20s like sitting all around this court it was a madhouse and people were going crazy for us yeah. do you remember that
1: oh i was particularly good that day so i definitely remember it but
0: i think it was three on three because i think mikey yeah, oh, was there yeah, oh, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mikey
1: was there danica was there yeah. as just a spectator but that was very fun
0: and shane but hold on because we did whoop some ass tell everybody the score
1: <laughs> oh, the score was 11 to 7. What I thought you were going to say is not only did we whoop some ass, we were hungover.
0: We were super hungover. <laughs> a little bit because i wasn't okay so we went out on thursday night and had a time which we can talk about after but we had a time we
1: can talk about it now
0: all right all right well we had a time shay and i went out for like a beautiful dinner to castelli cucina which we've been getting a lot during quarantine but this was our first chance to go and actually eat at the restaurant
1: any restaurant since quarantine
0: yeah oh my god and it was beautiful it was beautiful and then after dinner we just we literally hit up every patio and had a different drink on each one but like not like beer or wine or not like,
1: drinks that go together typically no like we would have a beer then a martini then an old-fashioned then a what <laughs>
0: caipirinha a, and then a oh, margarita
1: what's the one we had at the restaurant a martini- oh an aperol spritz so yes, we really ran the gamut of drinks
0: <laughs> <laughs> no we did and even when we came home like we were up so late so like we stayed out until the bar closed and then we came home and stayed up for like another two hours.
2: Well,
1: after all that many drinks, you start feeling a little romantic.
0: <laughs> a couple hours worth of romantic. So anyhow, we to bed late. I don't think I've ever late. stared
1: deeper in anyone's eyes before. <laughs> Thank
0: you. But uh, so we get home, go to bed late, wake up. Okay. I mean, we've got kids. We had to wake up kind of early. But Shane was going to play basketball at 9 a.m. And I was like, look. I'm going to take a little a little snooze because I had to wake up in the night with the girls. I'll see if I make – probably not, but I'll see if I make it. Because here's the thing. Not only was I hungover, but I haven't played basketball since – like, I haven't played seriously, like, in a serious pickup game since before Lucy. So, that's more than three years ago. And so, I show up. You guys are playing one-on-one. You guys look good, and I got real nervous. Uh, but then I couldn't say no when you asked if you want to go two-on-two. So, we – Whooped ass, 11-7, hung over.
1: And I was in the middle of winning a one-on-one yes. tournament too. Yeah. And I don't think you realize, Alex, your game is two-on-two. Two. I mm. think you're way better of a basketball player than you realize at two-on-two. Two. So I, I really think we could beat anyone. And I know your cousin went to NCAA, yada, yada, yada. She yada. is good. She is. However... And she, you know, has records for stealing the ball. (laughs) Um, You could beat her, I think.
0: Well, see, okay, if I get better cardio, because I get winded pretty quick. So, like, if my cardio picks up a bit, I feel like on D I can stop anybody. Because I was pretty good at stopping Matt, who is a really good ball player.
1: Yeah. Not good enough to beat me one-on-one, but, yeah, he's okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Do you think, so your two best friends at basketball... Would probably be Mark and Matt, right?
1: Who's Mark Myers? Oh, could Mi-
0: we be, could we beat them in two on two? Because I don't think so.
1: Oh, I think we could. Yeah, you
0: think we could?
1: I I would bet money on it. Like if if we were in Vegas and I could put a hundred bucks down, I would. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm convinced. Yeah, all right. I can beat both of them one on one, and I'm a better passer than I am a shooter, mind you. You know, maybe Mark's beat me. But if if Mark and I played 100 games, I think I'd, I'd win <laughs> most of them.
0: See, it makes me nervous, though. And this is the same feeling before we played the other day. It's the exact same feeling I used to get before playing, you know, a rep game, like any kind of competitive game, like for my school, for rep, whatever. And I just I feel almost sick and I feel like I don't want to play, even though I'm itching to get out there. There's a huge part of me that's like, not like, don't don't play. You're gonna screw up. Like, this might be embarrassing. But then we played and it wasn't that embarrassing.
1: Well, I also want to say, Matt and Mark, who the friends were talking about here, they're way better than me at a five-on-five game. It's, yeah, oh,
2: they're, good. It's, they're good.
1: They're really good. They understand the dynamics of five-on-five. All I know, because I'm only as good as when I, what I can practice, and I used to practice an obsessive amount one-on-one and two-on-two. <laughs> Three-on-three, I'm really good at, two, But when it's five-on-five full court, I don't have a ton of experience playing that game. Mm-hmm. So I get a little bit lost, and I over-try to rebound. And if you don't get the rebound, you've just fucked your team because they're down and there on the other end. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Whereas there's no consequences for overestimating a rebound in – Two on two or one on one. That's why I'm very quick to get the ball after a miss and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I could talk basketball. You know what? what kind of <laughs> podcast is this again? I totally well, got lost in I, what we're
2: talking. I do about. have
0: to say too, it was really funny because we were playing outside of a school, and it, even though it's summer, I guess like a summer school program. But these like. Ten year old kids, like these girls were yelling at us and those like those weren't happy. girls,
1: they were just young boys. Yeah.
0: No, no, they were they were girls. When oh, I were? it was boys before I got there, and then when I got there, they were girls. Oh wow. Yeah. And it was so funny because these kids did not care. They were just sticking their faces out of the window and like yelling stuff. It was it was kind of it was more funny than annoying.
1: Yeah, they were like, Are you Chef Curry? I was like, <laughs> I am Chef Curry. Like this guy thinks it's Chef Curry. And then the other <laughs> one would come out and be like, You could put you could do anything if you put your mind to it. <laughs> but it did start getting in my head because i do not like being looked at even if it's kids that i do not respect if i'm playing i hate a crowd and then uh, i just yelled out after they started heckling don't let uh, don't listen to them guys don't listen to them don't let them get in your head then they all laughed and they never said anything after that anymore
0: <laughs> good plan i like it
1: next topic Let's hear it. You are a tanned woman right now.
0: I'm a tanned woman. I'm a... Sorry. Correct that. I'm an incredibly tanned woman right now.
1: I had an awkward moment with you. I won't lie. When? And this is hard. I struggle with this often because like my sister... I have that brain where you can't help but say stuff, even sometimes at the risk of being rude. I'm a blurter mm-hmm. and I don't mean anything by it, but I just can't help it if I think <laughs> something's true. I've tried to get a lot better at this throughout my life, yeah, but I do blurt out things sometimes. You come downstairs and you look at yourself in the mirror and you are feeling yourself <laughs> so much. And I'm just like, oh, man, in my mind, I'm like, Alex looks really weird today. Maybe it's because I'm not used to her. But you come over and you're like, you know, this tan is great. This I, I've set it up that you got a spray tan, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm got. i tan because I got a spray tan okay, yesterday. Okay, yeah.
1: Not good storytelling here, but Alex got a spray tan and you're feeling yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, don't say anything. Shane, don't say anything. For once in your life, just be a good husband and say, you look great. Because you told me the other day. Shane, all I want you to tell me is that I look great and-
0: But also to feel it. And if, you know, if you're not feeling it, then I guess- It's tough. It is tough.
1: (laughs) I'm in a bit of a predicament here. Because you look really orange to me. So you come out and you go, you know what's great about this tan? I go, what, Alex? I don't look orange.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me- From my perspective, (laughs) from my perspective, folks, okay- the lighting in our downstairs bathroom is really dim. It's like a golden light. And it it just looking in the mirror at myself, I did not look orange. I looked like a bronzed goddess. I look beautiful like I've been hanging out in Saint-Tropez for three months. I like the thought of hanging out in Saint-Tropez for three months. And so I liked how that, you know, made me look. But then I come out of the bathroom and Shane looks at me.
1: You look like the snooky for I have our generation. <laughs> the
0: natural light on me. And of course I can't see myself but he can see me. And then yes, the orange was blinding.
1: Yes, and you were in an okay mood at like you came down you were a little upset because someone had mentioned something about a stroller. Like yeah, just yeah. like you know anytime Alex puts up a picture of a kid in a stroller, someone will comment how how one little thing is incorrect. So that had you in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Then you look in the mirror. You're feeling great because you're this bronze goddess forever. (laughs) Then we go, and we shoot our TikToks because we shoot our TikToks on Saturday. And that's the day we were recording. And I'm like, she's going to be in for a rude awakening. And then you looked at yourself in the TikTok (laughs) and all of a sudden you start panicking. And you're a little persnickety after that. Okay,
0: listen, here's the thing. It didn't bug me. If anything, yes, the TikTok in the natural light, I did look quite hilarious.
1: In the middle of shooting, which you never do. You've never taken a shower in the middle of a Saturday in the daytime. You're just like, I have to go wash my hair. I'm like, you're <laughs> going to go scrub your face, aren't you, Alex? Okay,
0: here's the thing. My body tan, I think the tan on my body is fine. And I like it. I like the color. I think it looks great. However, the face was a little much... Uh, very much. And to make it worse, I had a pimple patch on last night because I've had this nasty pimple for a week and it's been bothering me so much. So I put on a pimple patch after I had the tan like, you know, several hours later. And uh, it just like pulled the color in one perfectly circular little area. So it looked really funny. So I'm like, I just have to get a lot of this off my face and now here is a practical tip. If you ever tan your face too much accidentally, put oil on it, like mm-hmm. coconut oil, something. I used um, a, a cleansing balm oil like for faces. I put that on my face, left it for 30 minutes, washed it off, and then exfoliated, like scrubbed mm-hmm. really hard. And it helped, did it?
1: Yeah. But I think just the nature of doing certain things, the first day is always the toughest. Getting a haircut, mm-hmm. dyeing your hair. Getting a tan. I think that it's a little awkward for the first bit. Yeah. But because you, you look really good right now, mind you, you did that technique. But I do think a day a- after, the next few days, you'd start looking really good, and you look really good right now.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, you saw I, I wore shorts to go gro- grocery shopping today. Like, did I look like a summer babe in those shorts?
1: Well, when we went by the carrot section, I did lose <laughs> you for a bit.
3: Get out it here. was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, you do look like a summer babe, and your eyes really pop.
0: Oh, thank you. They do. And my teeth do, too. I oh, noticed. your teeth
1: were like blinding. Mm-hmm. It was, yes, but, but very But here's comical. the thing. If you
0: want to know how uh, orange my face looked prior to me doing this thing, you can just go and, you know. Watch
1: we... the first season of Jersey Shore. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> that or we put out a TikTok video and you won't be able to miss it. In fact, we filmed several of them before I fixed my face. So all week now I'm going to be putting out uh, really orange TikTok videos. And you know, I'm shocked that nobody's said anything yet.
1: Oh, I've gotten some texts.
0: Get out of here. Well,
1: people ask me if I got a new <laughs> wife. So they're like, who is that woman? Does Alex know?
0: <laughs> Anyhow, spray tan aside, I am feeling good now that my face is a little fixed, you know?
1: It is. But hey, this is all the topics I have.
0: Well, let's get rid of the topics and get down with Kevin and Evan.
1: Weird way to phrase that. Is that? I don't know. No, it's not actually. Let's get down with them. But before before we get down, let's let everyone know who we are supported by.
0: We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity, and they make, I'm talking, the best basics for your littles. Like fashionable staples that are comfy soft timeless and can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender
1: you don't believe alex believe me because everything she said is true
0: well you're the one that's putting lucy every single night from one mini miyosh daytime outfit to a different mini miyosh outfit that could be for the day but she just wears it at night because she loves it
1: you think it's my choice if i <laughs> if we didn't have these dresses i would never be able to put lou to bed <laughs> But it is perfect, and I feel comfortable having her in these dresses because they're so cozy and I know she's not going to get, I don't know, all scratched up by one of her Cinderella dresses.
2: (laughs) No,
0: they are perfect. And their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low-impact non-toxic dyes. They're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it, and they believe that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. Use the promo code this Family Tree 15 for 15% off your order. This is not like a first-time order. This is any order. That is a big deal. This is available in Canada and in the U.S. And again, that is ThisFamilyTree15 and MiniMiosh.com.
1: And now, let's get down with Kevin and Evan of the Dumb Dads. Alex, you like to do your little intro, don't you?
0: I like to do. I'm, I'm so excited today. But Kevin and Evan, thank you so much for joining us today on this Family Tree podcast. And... I, I want to get right into, how, how do you guys start this thing? You have a whole, wild, huge community with the Dumb Dads. You have a huge community on TikTok. You've got a really big community on Instagram. And you've got an awesome podcast. How did you guys start this whole thing?
4: Uh, we won a lottery contest. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Congrats.
3: Congrats. Where, did it, where does it all begin, Kevin? It all begins with the podcast, is how that started. So yeah. uh, Evan and I met at first doing sketch comedy. And then just stayed friends after the company we worked, went for uh went under basically. <laughs> it's a great start. And, and then over time, like that was back in 2013 and you know, the time went on, we had kids, both of our wives work from home. So we were both or both work and we we're both stay at home dads. So just hanging out, going to the zoo and stuff like that. And as all things go, the wife recommended that we do a podcast cause there's a lot of mom podcasts, couple podcasts. And then, but there's not a ton of dad podcasts. So we were like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Do something with your time. So <laughs> we had started that right before my son was born. So I have a five-year-old, now my daughter's five and I have a two-year-old son. So back right before my son was born, we started the podcast. Been doing that ever since. And that's still going on. And then we're just having social media. And then we got on TikTok back in October. So less than a year ago. And have just been doing that ever since. And that's been really fun because that, that was our opportunity to get back into writing and doing comedy because the podcast is just a fun, open conversation about parenting. But it was nice to actually get back into writing and, and do comedy, but have it focused on parenting. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, before you were dads, was your comedy
4: edgier? Uh, I would say, well, because we were in a sketch company, I would say we probably had a, a good mixed bag. Because we it it all, it all depended on like what, what sketch you wanted to write. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're, they were pretty fun to do something kind of edgy. Other times it was fun to sort of lean on something being so clean that it was ridiculous. I mean, it was, we kind of tackled a lot of subjects. Yeah, now, never... now, obviously, everything goes through like a parenting filter before we put it up online. But before, it was just kind of what something that struck you funny and you just went after it,
3: I guess. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I've never been a fan of, like, gross comedy, like, mm-hmm. People dumping on someone or something. Flippy, <laughs> that, that's Flippy's thing. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, you say it, and then we're all like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like it'll be in the writer. We'll talk about it in the writer's room, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not right putting that to paper. But uh, yeah, I guess sometimes we would try stuff, but uh, like offensive and things like that never have never interested me too much.
4: I think it's because in terms of comedy, it's not fun. If it's just like offensive to be offensive, Shock. Mm-hmm. It's shock humor. Mm-hmm. It, 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 can, it, it can be funny in the moment and you can you can use that like once in a while. But ultimately, it's like a kind of a one and done joke in a way, whereas mm. something is I think I know we both prefer to like try our best to make something layered or have like a double meaning or something, you know, or or then you just lean on the joke that no one saw coming. But otherwise, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. that's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a
1: fan of a sh- uh, I think you should leave, for example, you're not a fan of that.
3: I, I appreciate it. I enjoyed a couple of sketches from it. I haven't watched the second season. I will watch it because there was definitely some stuff I really, really enjoy. Um, that's not my personal style. And I know I can't I just can't write that stuff mm-hmm. either. Like that's just yeah. I would never I would sit in that writer's room and go, I don't belong here. <laughs> so uh, but I can appreciate it for sure. And there's definitely some stuff I do enjoy. Yeah.
1: I wanted to talk about time for a minute here because, so mm-hmm. you are a stay-at-home dad, yet I, in the last podcast I was listening, The Mom on Top, you were saying how you worked a job in the evenings.
2: Mm-hmm. Is,
1: is is that still going on for you?
3: No. Evan okay. actually worked with me for a little while as well. Mm-hmm. I worked at a bar. I'd been there six and a half or seven years, and and I was working by the Right around when I stopped, I was working just two nights a week, mm-hmm. and it was Friday and Saturday. I'd been because I'd been there so long, I was able to be like, I pick my own shifts, and I was able to work like Friday Saturday nights or Thursday Friday nights, excuse me. And Fridays were really hard because I'd work till three four in the morning, be in bed at, you know, three or four four thirty in the morning would be when I go to bed, and my wife had to work in the morning. So though like Fridays were always hard, but then when the the pandemic and everything shut down and all that stuff, my bar uh, shuttered its doors permanently. So uh, I haven't been working now for about a year and a half. Hope not to go back.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's the thing because this, this is its own business and what you guys do, it is such a business and you are so good at it. And I was curious, like when you talk about what you're doing now to, you know, friends, family, just people in, you know, your sphere, what is their perception of? being stay at home dads and then having a business on social media because it's all pretty unconventional, especially with the older generations.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it, I th- probably with anybody that does anything like this, you just kind of manage your time as when you can mm. squeeze it in, I guess. I mean, we, but our wives are pretty much like the backbone of how a lot of this works. we we've both been stay at home dads since we our first born children, essentially. So six years, five years. So we've been doing it for a while, And at the same, I was also bartending for a while, but eventually it just felt like like this is so hard to live. It's like living two different lives. You know, Mm -hmm. two two three days a week, you're staying up till three four in the morning, and the other days a week, you're getting up early with the kids. It was really hard to balance all that. Getting up at three
3: four in the morning. Getting getting up at three (laughs) four
4: in the morning, and uh, so anyway, so when we started doing all this kind of stuff, the the podcast was great because we would essentially get together with the kids and the families anyway, and then we would jump into the garage or somewhere quiet and record for an hour or something, and then go back, and it was like a nice conversation. It's been, it's been a lot harder moving forward once we started a TikTok account that started mm-hmm. to go kind of nuts and then managing multiple social media accounts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely harder. I mean, I know both of us wish we would just do sketches together more often, but mm-hmm. it's so hard to find that little window of time where we could both be recording and the wives could be watching the kids potentially or take them for a little bit. But then you feel the pressure of making sure you get it done in time because, you know, we, we still are both stay-at-home dads. And so when it's like nap time is a great time to, like, finish writing something mm-hmm. or go film a little bit, you know, or or spend that time with headphones in trying to edit it. Or, you know, it's, it's all little moments that we can squeeze it in, you know. We certainly send stuff back and forth all the time. You know, what do you think of this? Help me, you know, help me slim this down. Where are the jokes here? You know, that kind of stuff. But it's certainly time management is the biggest thing
3: we've had to learn over the past six months. <laughs> yeah. And definitely with like parents and stuff, like still like my parents have seen some of our videos go very successful and things happen. But still, when I tell them <laughs> things, they definitely stare at me like going, it's good. <laughs> it's so good. I don't know how I'm supposed to react. Is that a good thing? But <laughs> yeah. Kristen Bell liked it. Okay.
4: Okay. Wait,
3: she's
0: what do Kristen Bell like? What'd you do that? She liked was it the sports thing?
3: It was the
4: press conference. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it resonates differently with. I mean, like ESPN put it on their Instagram page, mm-hmm. which felt crazy because it was like yeah. I'm a comedian. I'm a comedian and a dad, and my childhood dreams of being on center are never going to come true. And then here, <laughs> and then they play it on SportsCenter. It was like whoa, but but at the same time, like telling this, my mom's like that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's hard to it's hard to put any of this in perspective. I mean, we're also like always thinking let's just focus on the jokes here. Let's just make funny stuff because otherwise, as you said, the business side of it is, is like, it's weird. It's the, it's the the weird thing. We would just want to make jokes and make comedy, but to turn it into something a little bit more to make it sustainable or to turn it into something that we would like to do as careers, making that turn is hard to do. And, and odd when you're setting up an LLC and speaking to an important person on the end of the phone going, <laughs> the company name is um, the dumb, yeah, with a B, dumb dads. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> those are the moments where I think like, what the hell are we doing?
0: <laughs> now, here, here's the thing. I want to I know more about that. So the dumb dads, like you're leaning into the the dumb dad archetype that I think has been, you know, prevalent until recently. So is the goal to just constantly lean into that or to kind of help shift the perspective of what it is to be a dad and a co-parent
3: yes (laughs) next question (laughs) all right you Uh, you guys are
1: a great interview by the way thank you (laughs) yeah all right thanks for your time
3: um (laughs) well our big thing is like the reason we started the name again started with the podcast Mm -hmm. and it is exactly what you said it is the archetype that's been on any television show any family television show and for the most part any commercial you watch the dad is a disaster. Like the dad works. uh, The mom maybe works, maybe she doesn't. But when the mom has to do something and the dad needs to take over, it's a dumpster fire. He can't make lunch. uh, He doesn't know how to work the washing machine. Like it's it's over the top ridiculous. And we were kind of like, let's just call that out. Let's call it the dumb dads. And it evolved into every parent is kind of dumb because we don't know what you're doing. Like you can read every book there is, but your kid is specific to you and it's your so kids gonna have different. Yeah. So hard. And you're going to mess up and make mistakes. And that was what we lean to in the podcast. And we have a thing called dumb dad moments. And we do it every week. What was your dumb dad moment? And when we've had moms on, it's still like, all right, what's your dumb mom moment? Cause I know you have one too. 100%. And that's been our focus. And with the with the sketches that we do, sometimes we lean heavily into like the trope of the dumb dad. But for the most part, we get comments from moms and dads alike saying, this is me 100%. Mm-hmm. This was me this afternoon. Oh my God, this is my life. And we get these comments a lot. And it's like, yeah, cause all parents are dumb. It's mm-hmm. just the, the trope of dads aren't, don't need to be, dads aren't around so they don't know what they're doing. Because that was a thing. I mean, I talked to my father-in-law yesterday about it. And I was like, were you in the room when your daughter was born? And he was like, oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> like only recently. Reading the paper. Yeah. had right? to go to a meeting. had to spot. go to a work meeting right after.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> now, do you, do you find that, like, who's reaching out to you? Who's identifying with this? Do you think it's mostly dads, mostly moms, a good mix? Because, like, I think of my experience postpartum. So we have two kids now, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And it's like I have, you know, several different specifically mom groups where we pretty much only talk about kids stuff. And it's like all related to kids stuff. I don't know. Like I'm sure you have a dad group. But like are you guys asking each other parenthood questions every single day?
1: I haven't left the house in 17 months or really talked to any friends, (laughs) but uh, I'm trying to remember back when I used to talk to people. Um, No, we didn't talk about kids that much. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'm curious, like are people using our fathers, I guess, using you guys as like an outlet for that parenting talk or like, who are you hearing from?
4: Well, it's funny that you say like, so first of all, who we hear from is like when we started this, we thought even with the podcast, this will be great. Something for other dads to listen to. We can, maybe we can help out a little bit in any way we can. We always say, well, (laughs) we're not, we don't give advice. This is like, here's how we screwed up. So you don't have to like, that's our angle there. But especially when we started the TikTok account, our followers are, it's pretty much like 70, 30 women to men. Mm -hmm. And which we did not expect and then tons and tons of moms reaching out i feel so seen this is me this is my
3: day i can't there's believe. there's an you asterisk guys. with that though because a lot of them say they do show their husbands who don't have social media so but yeah, it's still exactly. I think, yeah i don't think <laughs> i think certainly more probably more
4: women use or are on TikTok than men in general but just in this in the sense that like this i'm a stay-at-home mom this is exactly right this is what i've been going through and i just i mean i think in general for the most part at least in our country for a long time women typically are the ones that have stayed home. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that doesn't have to be the case, but it just has been the case. And so since we are stay-at-home dads, they can identify with us because it's just, we're just talking about being a stay-at-home parent. It's not really men versus women. It's just, it's what happens as a stay-at-home parent. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't necessarily expect that many moms, I think, to be reaching out to us going like, you're in my house. How do you know this about me? <laughs> you know,
3: this kind of stuff. And we're like, I, we're just trying to make jokes. you <laughs> know. Yeah, I do think women... Talk to each other more about mm-hmm. what's going on, and always have about like you know men are whether or not you're an emotional guy or not. Men are generally pretty closed off about their feelings, and you're not going to talk to your friends about how you're feeling with your kids stressing you out. Just generally, it's just unfortunately how men are programmed. And so there's not a like there's a, a mom Facebook group that my wife is a part of, and they established like years later. We're like, well, let's make a dad Facebook group for the and it'll be for the debts. And I joined it can't remember the last time i checked it i don't know if i've been i don't even know if i've been kicked out might <laughs> not even,
4: there might not even be any posts in there
3: yeah
1: yeah i have one of those too it's the same thing it's just it just went dead after the first yeah. day it was just yeah there's no like one. a there's
4: a few links of like crazy basketball shots or like a big home run or something. <laughs> yeah. like, that's yeah. crazy yeah
1: <laughs> now for for you guys being a stay-at-home dad what what do you think knocked you on your ass the most when you first started staying at home because I think the perception probably before COVID more so was that it's a bit of a vacation to be a stay at home mm-hmm.
3: mom. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, think... That
3: is incorrect. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, a, the stay, it's a vacation at a haunted cabin. <laughs> 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 um, I think what, what really knocked me on my ass and it was my mom who had told me this, she had said, and it was like one of those jarring things. And she said, don't be afraid to, uh, to put the baby down and walk away. Mm. And I was like, huh? All right. And then cut to, who knows, a month later, two months later, whatever. Um, my wife's at work. I'm dealing with my baby. And she's just uh, this is my first. And she's just crying. I can't get her to stop. I can't get her to stop. And I got like blood boiling angry. I was so furious at this baby that I did put her down left the room, closed the door, went to the other side of the apartment, met into my bedroom, closed the door, screamed into a pillow. <laughs> it worked, and I was and I just walked right back out, walked into our room and I picked her up and was like, "Hey, come on." Like I was fine. It was so weird, but that like that frustration it did happen again i never had to do sc- leave the room and scream into a pillow again but that was definitely like shocking that i was like i didn't think i would get i knew i was going to be tired i knew i was going to be like just beaten down all day and i knew some things were going to be hard i didn't think i was going to get angry and that was i think what surprised me the most
4: it's certainly uh and what you say there's like when now I right now it's easy to say, I'm not going to get angry. It's a child. Should mm-hmm. they don't know? Yeah. It's my job to they teach don't know them and my better. job to be patient with them. But it's easier to keep that mindset now when mm-hmm. I'm not in a extremely stressful situation that, I, de- that I that I yeah, and sleep deprived and I, and that I cannot mm-hmm. control what's happening around me. That's when it's tough to make those decisions to remind yourself, I need to I need to stay at a one here. It does it does nobody any good to go to a 10, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a good point. It's funny that she said that and you're like, OK, great. I'll write that in the I don't know what you're talking about yeah. notes. And then all of a sudden it clicks in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to leave the room for a second. Yeah. I think for me, it's it's just been the repetition of things probably. And early on too. the earliest part of parenting when you're at home with like the baby. My my friend just texted me the other day. He has a uh, somewhat of a newborn, a couple months old. And it was like, my wife has to go back to work for the first time. And I'm going to be home with the kid today. And he's like, and he texted me at like 1045 in the morning. And he's like, we've literally done all the things. It, <laughs> it is like, we did tummy time. We did this. We did goo Gaga talk to promote language. It's like, we've done all of it. It's like not even 11. And I was like, rinse, repeat, man. It just <laughs> keep, you know, yeah. go back to the first one. Just keep doing it, you know? Mm-hmm go for a walk, put her in the stroller, go for a nice long walk. She'll be happy to be with daddy on but you know, it's like, you just got to find ways to, but the maybe entertain yourself, but the, is the repetition of it that continues into like teaching your kids how to do something, even mm-hmm. something like potty training, or let's learn how to wash our hands correctly. You know, my son is six and I still once in a while stop him and I'm like, no, you washed your hands for like four seconds. I think I counted. <laughs> and like, we've been going over washing your hands for four years, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so it's still hard to remember though that it's got to stick with them or you got mm-hmm. it's a it's a learned thing it's a habit habit building and it's easy to go into that like come on you've already learned this mm-hmm. you know and not yeah. and not pin it against them and so that's been the thing that's just been always like the mental struggle for me i think it's just that surprised me about mm-hmm. kids is once they are sharp mm-hmm. and they are very smart and when they learn something they can learn it right away but Retaining it, mixing it all with the new things they're learning constantly every day. That kind of stuff is, you know, you got to remind yourself they're constantly learning, constantly, constantly learning.
3: Yeah. Can I do a quick segue real quick? Mm -hmm. And this isn't going to be helpful for your podcast listeners, but I didn't realize how low Evan was in his chair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We just assumed you were like six, nine or something.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Oh uh, okay. yeah we gotta wrap this up because Laura I, as you yeah. Yeah. So we gotta wrap this up because i have nap time for
1: <laughs> <same>. <laughs> well i was just gonna say for me it was the relentlessness of being a parent and the fact oh. that it was like and any other thing in my life i could always get a reprieve from if i didn't want to go to work i could pretend like i was sick or use vacation time and just get a number of days in a row where i just didn't have to do it and uh even now, having kids, if I want to blow off steam and go out with the guys, it's like, oh, that there's repercussions to that because if I have a little bit too much fun, the next morning I'm not going to be feeling that great. So yeah, I had to almost find new relaxation techniques, which was just like watching The Bachelor or something like that—something very yeah. low stakes that I'm I'm not going to be feeling uh, the next day. For you guys, what
3: is that that relaxation thing that you're doing? I mean, I. I I think it's like one of those things of like, I got so little sleep the first year year of my daughter and then the first year of my son that like, I know I can operate on little sleep. And now I almost, I would prefer that in terms of when the kids go to bed, I have, I can probably count on one hand in the five years that I went to bed right after them. I like, I need to decompress because I'm a stay-at-home parent all day and it doesn't end at five. Like you said, there's no vacation from it. And it's like, so once I know I go to bed, I wake up. I'm back at it, like right away. Like at least with a job, you wake up, you can have a coffee and breakfast. It's like no, you're going. When they're awake, you're going. And so I've taken a. I always have to watch something like you said on TV um, every once in a while. And people think I'm crazy for this. I'll get up at five in the morning, and because I like to be up before the kids. And like I'll have a cup of coffee and go online and do stuff. And sometimes I go live on social media, but. I need that. I need like my mm-hmm. I need my time and it's uh I think it's so important mentally to get a time to like check you know, relax, decompress knowing it's all starting tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, certainly
4: I couldn't watch The Bachelor. I wouldn't consider that low stakes because having to choose who the rose goes to is right? about as stressful as a should... situation <laughs> high stakes as gifts. I, it gets.
1: I um, skip through the rose ceremonies.
4: I will admit. <laughs> yes. I agree with okay. Kevin same thing. I've always been a bit of a night owl. so Sometimes it's like, I got to make sure I go to bed and enough, I stay up after yes. there, but I also have to make myself go to bed because as Kevin said, once they're up, it's, it's on, you know, sure. there's no difference between Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, it's all the same day because your kids don't have days off. They, you know, they, it, they're, they're up and going after it, no matter what day of week it is, I'm almost like the stereotypical dad. I've played golf since I was like a little kid. And even if like once a week I can just go to the driving range and hit some golf balls by myself and come back. I'm cool with that. It just helps me like clear my head of anything else because golf is hard enough. So you have to concentrate on what you're doing there. There's no real space to like be thinking about the rest of the day. So it helps to just kind of decompress that way. But yeah, I mean, but, or just want, yeah, just watching nonsense with my wife on the couch, just not having the kids around for a few minutes is nice. I mean, just, uh, yeah, just decompress a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wanted to ask about date nights, and this is something we ask a lot of guests, because when you have kids, it can almost be like that intimate part of your life with your spouse kind of goes away. And it's like, oh, we're bonding because we're both doing this orchestrated mission, which is parenthood. But you somewhat lose the relationship you had before you had kids. Do you do anything to keep that intimacy intact or that like fun that you had before
3: you had children? When my kids were younger, it was much easier to eat dinner after they went to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, probably, we would still sit with them and stuff, but it's just like, the meals are the worst with kids. Like, it's just yes. an absolute, <laughs> it's a nightmare. They just like won't eat and then they wander and all of that is supposed to be okay, but it somehow still bothers me like that they won't sit down. I don't enforce it because I know whatever, wandering is fine. The kids... But, uh, my wife has made it a thing. So now we live in a house with uh, my father-in-law. And so now we've made it a thing at least pretty much only twice a week that we do that. We do the same things. So now we eat meals together. Mm-hmm. So twice, twice a week though, we make father-in-law and the kids dinner and we sit with them the whole time, but we're not eating. And we do all the you know, bath time and books and milk and reading in bed and then go to bed. Then we make dinner Then we'll have some, have a drink or two and Six and, <laughs> and, and then we will we'll just have like a date night. And yeah. like, that's been super important for us. And even though every night we will decompress after the kids go to bed, it's important for us like twice a week to like sit down and get to talk to each other yeah. over dinner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's been really, really important for us. I mean, with everything, with the pan- pandemic and everything, we obviously weren't able to go out anywhere. We went out for the first time last month because we visited my parents. And they were like, we'll take the kids, go. Bye. Amazing. A restaurant outside, (laughs) and it was the best. And it was, now we want to visit them more. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. We'll be back next week. Um, Same thing. My wife
4: and I decided to try to do a date night at least once a week. It's mm -hmm. probably about once a week. But in the sense that we also sometimes we'll watch something. But we like to play. um, We bought these, like, exit games. It's sort of like an escape room in a box. And so we found these things on Amazon and it's sort of like, a so we'll do the same thing. We'll put the kids to bed and then we'll have dinner or we'll mm-hmm. order something out. Like we, we usually cook at home. So we think like maybe it's day we can order something we like and then have the dinner and then maybe do like an exit game or something like nice. that together. And so it's not screen anything related. It's like, let's think together. Let's work together on this. And it has nothing to do with parenting.
0: Mm. No, I, I think that's so crucial. And I think it's important too, like, because uh, every night of the week, you know, like we're sitting on the couch, laying on the couch, watching a movie, watching whatever at TV to decompress. But it's not like actively engaging in each other, or in the relationship. So that's the thing. Every Wednesday, yeah. there's no way in hell I'm cooking. So we get takeout <laughs> and then we drink two bottles of wine and you know, yeah. see where that leads us, and it's it's so helpful. And uh, yes. without that, you know, I like I'm sure we'd be fine. But it's just it's so good, and I I feel that that is the. I don't reason- know
1: if I would be fine, honestly. I need those two bottles of wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I think it's been so important, especially in the last year of being in lockdown yes. for most people. That you can't go anywhere. So on top of that, on top of the extreme. Like messiness isolation. of parenting mm-hmm. and isolation of parenting, being stay-at-home parents, like all these things, then you can't go anywhere. Now, you still leave in the sardine can, but that we're going to close the top of it, yeah. and so you know, and that that just felt it's like what a pressure cooker situation. Oh my and God, so yeah. let's find a way to change something, and that was a great way, mm-hmm. just like do yes. date night in here. But look, well, we can change the time of eating, we can change the the scheduling of the day, and that breaks it up enough mm-hmm. to have an adjustment or look look forward to something or to oh that's right it's tonight oh yes I forget you know it's like I forgot I forget many times but
0: Mm -hmm.
4: it's been huge
0: no it is huge it's been huge for us too and yeah like we I try to dress up like you'll try to dress up and it's just it it does make a difference but I kind of want to pivot back to what you guys were saying before when Shane was asking what knocked you guys on your asses you know when you were first dads or in this time that you have been parents and Kevin was saying how you had to walk out of the room and go scream into a pillow. And I remember the first time that I left my first baby crying in her crib while I just took a hot shower and cried in the shower. And it was so cathartic to be able to do that and then to go back with renewed energy and be like, it's okay. And I think the anger, because I had that same anger, and I think it came from like Feeling like I had these failings as a parent, being like, "Why can't I calm this kid down? I love this kid. It's like, why do I suck at this? Why does this kid hate me?" And it was it was really weird because I felt pretty natural going into motherhood, but then those feelings were totally at odds with it. So I wonder, like, how? Because you guys jumped into a huge role as stay-at-home dads, and I know, like, you're in the states, right? And in Canada, yep. uh, like, I'm off for I could choose 12 months or um, 18 months, so which is amazing. And I know that your wives are back to work really quickly. So how natural was it for you to kind of go into that role? Because whereas if I'm pregnant, I have nine months of baby bonding before the baby comes out. You guys are thrown into it pretty much the second the baby falls out of the chute, right? Yeah. So what was that process like?
3: Well, it's interesting you say the thing about, you know, it's interesting for, for women because that, that get to go through the pregnancy mm-hmm. because as you said, you're you build that relationship throughout the pregnancy. And me personally, I mean, I didn't, I know some dads do. I, I remember uh, I talked about this with somebody else before about how, when my daughter was born, it didn't hit me like holding her in my arms. I was just kind of like, okay, this is my baby. Yeah. Like almost like, almost a, not emotionless, but I was definitely like, yeah, I'll take care of you. Um, because I am supposed to, and I do. I like you. You seem nice enough. Um, it says right here, protect. David. Okay. Yeah. No, I guess that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Okay. I, I will. And then like, and it was like over time. I like had to build a relationship with my daughter over time, and I I felt weird about it. I felt like it was weird that that light switch didn't go off. So, when we had to go into it, it was one of those things that we had uh, we had discussed. Like we had planned for the baby. And it was one of those things I was working nights at the bar at that time. I was working like four nights a week. And there was actually a, um, crossover for us being home at the same time. So that's when we were like, I think we're ready to have a kid. And we would be fortunate enough to not have to do daycare because you can come home. We can have dinner together. And then I go to work like two hours later. Cause I worked really late at night and we are like, this works. And like you said, she was only, um, I think we only get 12 weeks, not months. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so my wife had, I think it was at week nine and it texted her boss because she was like a, um, nah, she wasn't a producer yet. She was like a, like a I don't know what it, the word is, like a, a producer assistant or something like that. I don't know why I can't think of the word, but associate producer. And she had like emailed her boss like, hey, things going great, blah, blah, blah. I know that you're about to start the next season of the show. If there's a producer opportunity, we'd love, to, we'd love to do it. And they would say, yeah, there is if you want to come back next week. So it was like my wife would have to cut her maternity leave short. That's by already two weeks. short. It's already short. It's cut a week by two weeks. Shorter, yeah. But then she gets to have the promotion. Mm-hmm. And she did it. And I was like, okay, let's get back into it. So it was like at 10 weeks, I was with the baby. And it was uh, it was an adjustment because it was just like, it, it was very much a job, like you had said earlier, of why date nights are so important mm-hmm. about being like your two people working together. It very much felt like that for me of just like, okay, she is gone. Bottles are here. Like, make sure my my station is stocked. <laughs> kind of.
0: Are you doing Are you doing nighttime wakeups during this period, or like, who's handling those?
3: For our first, it was definitely a good mix. Be. Um... It was me. I used to come over and have uh... <laughs> been with him over. Sneak <laughs> into his house. Did you take the back. <laughs> did you take the back roads? It took you a while. <laughs> um, uh, it was definitely a mix, but on it was tough on nights where I was re- I was working four nights then at the bar, so. She would have to do wake ups. And of course, it was one of those things like when I get home, it's going to take me about an hour to like get ready, go to bed and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hopefully I'm hopeful the baby wakes up in that time. And it maybe happened three times like <laughs> for like both kids where it never worked out that like when I got home uh, with my second, it was worse. I would come home and walk in the door and my wife was up with the baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, like now we're both awake. Yeah, like, yeah
2: that sucks.
3: Uh, But it's definitely a a weird adjustment of like it felt more like a job at first that turned into parenthood. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: I was I was pretty lucky. My wife works for a company that did allow her to have like, I think, six months and then an additional three or something like that she could take like later in the year. So fortunate in that way that we basically shared this time. I at that time was working a job and and working like in a bar. And so it was like daycare costs how much? So basically that's kind of, I mean, I think that people say stay at home, being a stay at home parent is a job. It's hundred percent a job, but it's also beneficial in the way that you don't have to pay for yeah. <laughs> daycare or whatever, mm-hmm. which is about as much money as you'd make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's your <laughs> feels payment. feels like at a yeah. job. And so, yeah, I just decided to continue with that. Leave the job I was doing, thinking the same thing. I worked in a bar, but I was like, yeah, same thing. I could do it weekends, you know, and then we can flip that way. Once in a while, though, in early stages, it would be nice to come home baby was up and I could take care of the feeding. I'm already up. Like Kevin Mm -hmm. said, it's hard to go home and then go right to bed, which seems crazy when it's like four o'clock in the morning. You've been up since whatever, but it's hard to just turn it all off like a light switch. Can't really do that.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. So um, and my wife has worked from home for a long time. So but she's she definitely also she works from home, but Mm -hmm. she is up at like 530 and usually gets off work a lot of times at like 4 p.m. or so. It should be about 230, but she has, uh, she has an important job. She's on conference calls like all day long. And so it's, it's nice to have her here, but at the same time, it's, um, early on, we just found things to do. And especially with Kevin, it was like great to just be out of the house for a little bit. So we would go, we took our kids to the zoo, Mm -hmm. you know, we would just walk around the zoo and talk, talk about podcast stuff, talk about ideas, things we could do, you know, and that was kind of like our meeting time was pushing our little babies around the zoo you know and the, or we would go to the park whatever but like our favorite place to go to the zoo we went like three days a week to the zoo it That's felt awesome. like i mean we went all the time it, just, it was a great place to walk around point the animals to the kids who didn't really care and uh <laughs> but you know they're like if they're like eight months old it didn't really nothing yeah. landed so but yeah i did feel the same way when i first had a kid though it was mm-hmm. kind of like okay this is my baby and i but i knew at some point something will click i knew it would i knew i was going to love the baby but and you know my child but yeah right away it was just kind of like Okay, here's the baby. What do we need to do next? Let's Mm -hmm. take care of this thing. But once they start developing the personality, they can start smiling, they doing little things. That's when it starts to really hook. You know, it really hooks you.
1: Okay, Kevin and Evan, we're going to get down right now and tell everyone who we are supported by.
0: We're supported by Mabel's labels, frustrated by their children's things getting lost, mixed up and leaving home never to return. Julie Cole and three other mom friends knew they could do better than just scribbling their kids names on some masking tape. From there, Mabel's Labels has grown into an award-winning, market-leading company loved by moms and dads and grandparents and nannies and teachers alike.
1: Man, school is about to be back in session, and it seems like it's going to be just the way it was before, in the yeah. before times. So you're going to be needing this more than ever. Trust me, every kid is the shark thing, the unicorn thing. So <laughs> you're not going to get away with just being like, oh, I know her backpack is the unicorn one. Yeah. No, get it labeled.
0: No, kids all have the same stuff label it know what's what and honestly they have a lot of sports items and seasonal items as well so like with we're putting Lucy in basketball this fall we gotta get like her shoes even labeled Shane
2: we're
1: labeling the basketball (laughs) it's not even ours but you know
0: (laughs) so Lucy loves Mabel's labels because she can help me make them so we go online together she picks out the font she picks out you know the colors and the photos and it really is fun and gives her a little responsibility and accountability for her things Shane and I love them because their line of products is huge. Like They have baby bottle labels, allergy and medical alert products, sports labels, household labels, and seasonal items. Plus, they are so durable. I'm talking laundry, dishwasher, and microwave safe, and they're 100% guaranteed. So, head on over to mableslabels.ca to start creating your very own labels and use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order. They deliver internationally and they offer free standard shipping in Canada and in the US. Again, that is mableslabels.ca and thisfamilytree15.
1: And now let's get back to getting down with Kevin and Evan.
0: That's like what I feel like for you right now with our with our youngest, Betty. Because like just that kind of that clicking, because, you know, you talk about how when she's a baby, she's just like a blob and you can't really Mm -hmm. do anything. Because I, 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 I'm breastfeeding and like the kids Mm -hmm. attached to them and she doesn't really, she's now starting to do more, obviously that she's one, but it's weird, especially when there's a toddler and you're helping her out more. And
1: it's hard for it to click in for me. I'm not a huge baby fan. I once they're, they hit one for whatever reason, then I'm like, okay, now it's like (laughs) they need me more. (laughs) (laughs) For, for yeah because <laughs> <reason.
3: laughs> it's a it's a machine for yeah. that first yeah. year the schedule feedings and do that and you gotta burp it it's it's really like maintaining a like an old car. <laughs> it's, a, it's a. Does the radiator it all, it, have yeah, water? It's a, it, yeah,
4: it's a, it, it runs on a specific kind of fuel. Yep. It, you know, well, <laughs> yeah. Clean
1: it, it frequently. For, for the first, like when my first daughter was born, I was like bawling my eyes out, doing that thing. And then yeah. the next day after she was born, I was like, okay, now it's just she's looking after my daughter, and I'm looking after her, making sure my wife's okay. And it felt like that was more. The, the job was to be a good supportive husband rather than be this great dad right out of the gate which in my mind I thought oh I'm gonna have to be an awesome dad from the moment she's born it's like no I just have to be a supportive partner and yeah. it, so I, I really learned a lot uh, what it what it meant to be a dad at year one because then once they start toddling around and it's like I take more of that dad role now f- for you guys uh, before you became a dad, how much research or preparation were you the type to be reading a bunch of books or like practicing things? I know the day before my daughter was born, I wasn't like nervously practicing how to put a diaper on <laughs> like a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> uh,
4: I I'm not the type to read a, a ton of books. I was certainly like taking advice from people, just little, little things in there, asking questions to people. Um, my wife got me a couple of those, like what to expect. And like, I flipped through those things. A lot of it is sort of assumed. That's the really hard part about it. I think is uh, it's a little bit assumed and then trial by fire for the lack of a better word, because you're going to have to learn doing it. But I I really did enjoy all the classes. We took all the classes you need to take. Oh, wow. And so
3: how many classes did you take? We took, all. uh, well, it was a
4: semester and, uh, barely passed and, (laughs) (laughs) But it was like you know, like the infant CPR class and what to expect at birth class, and like all these things. Mm. I always went with my wife. It's like mm. I want to yeah. go. I want to. I should learn this. I we should. I mean, so I'm I'm more of a, yeah. like a visual learner like that, and so those really helped me. Just one person explaining it in the room, like got it. That's all I needed to hear is once like this. If I try to read it, I'll have to read the page like five times because I'll be thinking about something else. I'm horrible at that. So uh, that's how I prepared. And then because like I said my wife is around, it was kind of like we can do this together. We'll learn together. We'll keep going on this together. But yeah, I felt good about diapers. I felt good about that kind of stuff. Once we, once we practiced them a few times, so it was like I, I can do it. This, the, the when watching somebody like learning the swaddle. That was the more. That was the harder. Oh one. my god! That was god. the so swaddle. I was like yes because like you you're like i know how to do it i memorize it up over a tuck optional tuck arm in out okay but you see the nurse do it once and you're like oh man i am a rookie at that she does it so tight (laughs) that baby is there. well i didn't
1: want to do it in front of the nurse either i'm like you leave and then i'll do it it's like don't watch me
3: (laughs) i told the i told the nurse to do it and took out my phone and filmed her yeah yes yes (laughs) that's smart really smart and when when my second was born, I went through my photos and found it and genius. rewatched it so That's that I genius. could like redo it. And uh, That's funny. Oh, That worked out really well for me. That was really important because those swaddles, I mean, are, I mean, it's vacuum sealed ground beef when they're done. With
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, is there anything you take from your own dads growing up where you're like, oh, this is great dadding. I'm going to apply this when I become a father. Or are you like, here's what not to do? Or are you just like, I'm writing the book myself and starting
4: from scratch? I I, I certainly take comedy and humor from my dad. He's, my my dad is always, I thought my dad was a funny guy and he always brought light or humor to a situation if it felt uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. scared or anything like that. My dad always kind of knew the right thing to say in the right moment to like bring a little bit of levity to the situation. So that's certainly something I keep with my kids. I goof around with my kids, you know, uh, wrestle with them, goof around you know, tease them and have a great time with them. And so just try to keep things light because, you know, kids are stressed. Kids are overwhelmed by the big world. And so I think it's, I think that was one thing my dad taught me. And it was never even a conversation like, here's how I do this and why I do this. That's just how I think of back as my childhood. Like in Mm -hmm. the times that I was either scared or really nervous about something, my dad knew how to make me feel comfortable in that moment because it's like, hey, it's probably not a big deal. It's probably more up here than it is out here really. So certainly that's something I'll continue to do as a father.
3: Yeah. Something my dad could do that. I don't think I'll ever be able to do. I mean, I wish I could is fall asleep on a chair. <laughs> it's it. oh, like put everyone dad. else in the room, <laughs> everyone else in the room. Like I envy that superpower. Um, he's just out. Uh, <laughs> it, for me, it's a little too, or I, I guess it's like weird to say, it's like too early to call because like, yeah, my dad was silly, liked comedy all that stuff, played, played, encouraged sports and all that stuff, but my daughter's only five right now, so she's, like, just now maybe getting into the stuff where, I mean, right now, I'm just trying to be as fun as possible for them, mm-hmm. and I know my dad was that for me, so I guess that aspect of it, I would say one thing that don't take with you that my dad did, and it's no fault of his, it's like, it was the culture of everyone, was, and again, this is, like, too young for it, but, like, uh, talking about emotions and feelings, how important to apologize, like how important it is for me to apologize if Mm -hmm. I uh, overreacted or whatever the reason is. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like my dad was like really good at having talks with me about like, you know, family and love and like uh, those kind of talks. But when it was about like a mental health thing or anything like that, it was definitely like, can you get over this please? Mm -hmm. Can we move on to do something else? And that was because that was the culture is there something wrong with you i can't there's nothing you're fine and i think talking about emotions acknowledging like i still because of that because of the way the culture is of like this is a parent you're the child get over it i still it's still hard for me to see my parents as people like i'm a person and i have kids but i have my own aspirations my own goals things that i want to do that have nothing to do with the children and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, it's hard for me to see my parents that way because they were very much the parents. We didn't talk about feelings and emotions as much. And, and I think that was just that was one thing I would like to break.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think a lot of it is generational too. Generational. Like the, uh, do as I say,
4: not as I do, because Absolutely. I said so. Because like those kinds so. of statements. Yeah. Yeah. We've both adapted to apologize to your children if you screw up or I mean, I also think, too, if, if, if you don't if you're not uh, certainly mental health was not as talked about when we were kids as it is now mm-hmm. by far. Um, and because of that, if you don't know what to say, that you don't know what to say. You know, if he doesn't, he didn't know what he's like, what's happening? I don't know. what Can you get over this? Because he doesn't, he's never had that experience before. So nothing on him. It's just that generational. So it's, it's like the things that it's not like I would take, th- not take something from my parents. It's like, certainly it's something I'm more aware of now that didn't seem to be around when I
3: was a kid but definitely I will adapt to. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I went to therapy twice. This is a funny for me now. It's like, I went to therapy twice because um, I needed to go and I went once and I was like, this is the worst. And then I went a <laughs> second time and I was like, this is awful. I hate it. And then I remember like driving home, my parents going like, that was weird, and I don't like doing it. And they were like, "Great, cool, let's move on. You're fine. Then let's not do it because we all agree it's weird. <laughs> let's not do it any ever again." And I never went back to that. <laughs> That's what happened to me too. Same story. Yeah, exact same thing. But, but now I'm funny, so it's a good. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: It's a good thing.
0: <laughs> no, it's funny too, just talking about you know kids being too young because I don't think that they can be too young to start kind of instilling. Like I, w- I apologized to my one daughter this morning because I was trying to like teach her a lesson and oh, then well, you were slapping her around, Get pretty out hard here. around and she got like she didn't <laughs> like it because she felt like I guess I was being too punitive but however mm-hmm. a three-year-old would that was say her that. exact words yeah <laughs> but and then she got like she got like freaked out and was like mom like I don't like that like it's making me feel sad and then I was like oh like that wasn't my intention like I'm sorry this sucks mm-hmm. I wanted you to learn this but I also didn't want to make you feel sad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think that's so important. I think that parents, especially dads like what I'm seeing now, are so on board with that type of really like emotional parenting, I
2: guess. Yeah.
1: For one thing about my dad is he was very cool with anything I wanted to do. Like he was he wasn't like you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be what whatever. It was just and I got into comedy and doing skits and things that any parent would probably be mortified to Mm -hmm. to think of a future in like making money would probably not be the best route to go now you both are obviously in comedy this is your vocation your children obviously this is thinking way in advance would you try to steer them in any way toward or against anything
3: they will be doctors or they can change their name (laughs) (laughs) No, if they're my kids, they're not going to be doctors. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, "What world are you living in over there?" Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh,
4: I, yeah, my my both my parents were like, "We just want you to be happy. Do whatever you want to do. You know, that's that's way more important." And so, also something I'll take uh, with me into parenthood. I wouldn't really try to steer my children towards anything. I don't think. Uh, I just I would say the kind of the same thing whatever you want to do, find the thing you like the most and do it as much as you possibly can. Because I think there's a way to create a career for yourself, no matter what it is, you know? And I, we, I certainly didn't move down to California as I'm sure I know Kevin did. Cause he's so like this, but mm-hmm. I didn't move down here to become rich and famous. <laughs> he's desperate for it, but because I knew that's also like I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to win the lottery. I think I could do it. You know, it's like it's not how it works. I just wanted to create a career for myself, doing something I love more than anything. If I could just figure out a way to create 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 a career out of it, then that's enough. I don't have to. It's like I don't have to make all the money in the world. I want to just be able to do it and no one say you can't. You're not allowed to do that. You know. And so that'll be my kids. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're most passionate about, find a way to do it as much as you possibly can. And if it's, you know, fixed people, then you could probably be a mm-hmm. doctor, but it's probably not going to be that. So <laughs> yeah. honorary yeah. doctorate is
3: what we're hoping yes. for. Like,
0: <laughs> yes. no, and I, I think that's like kind of where we are, too. And we'll be happy as long as she is the first woman in the NBA. Right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we've been talking <laughs> yes. about.
1: Well, that's where the money is. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: OK, I have a practical question for you. So yeah. I saw a TikTok you did. Mm -hmm. And it was about car seats, cleaning the car seat. It was very funny. You're taking out the car seat. All this crap is falling out of it. And then it made me think, okay, like I will brush off the goldfish crumbs and things like that like every day. I've never cleaned the car seat. How often should I be doing this? Are we not – Well, tell
1: them how bad it became.
0: (gasps) Well, that okay, this was the high chairs, how bad it became. Okay, so we had this like certain kind of high chair – we liked it, but it had, like, this piece that should – it was all rubber, so I got it specifically because there was no padding and, like, nothing where food could get under.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then I realized that you had to take off, like, this one part to it that looked like nothing could get under. We took it off. I can't even say it. I'm too Maggots
1: everywhere. Just, <gasps> like, um, like, thousands of maggots. <laughs> it was out of a horror movie. It was worse than you can even imagine. We didn't know what to do. Oh, my. So yeah. We,
2: yeah. we trashed you, it. Well
1: we you threw, you it threw, it threw it. You
4: threw it in the neighbor's yard and then <laughs> <Yeah. happened. laughs>
0: But it was horrendous. So so wait, am I gonna run into this problem with car seat? Like, yes.
4: How often um, do I need to there, clean there it? Will be, you'll be, there'll be mice and I don't, uh,
3: <laughs> I don't I don't clean mine that often. I've cleaned it a, a handful like literally a handful of times. Like but and just every once in a while I want to deep clean the car mm-hmm. and they'll take out the car seat and it's just like what's going on here? <laughs> I'll just like just take it apart I don't I won't go wild but here was the thing back when blowouts were a thing I was cleaning so it, it a lot yeah because I was taking I was doing surgery on that thing um I would take it apart and just clean it and just get so mad because it just like did you just find another spot and they're like why is there this much stitching <laughs> <The> <laughs> yellow what mustard stains everywhere yeah
4: Everywhere. There's like, or they barf in it or whatever it is. Like, there's an incredible amount of crevices you didn't think could exist in something like that, where it all finds its way down into these little valleys. And you're like, this is so magical parenting. (laughs) This is magical. (laughs) What an experience I'm having right now we googled the high chair that had the
1: maggots and we were like oh is this a common thing and everyone was like this is a great high chair however maggots tend to form in the crevices you're actually, really it well, actually said that online cause, and cause we we're it, like what maggots tend to form that's not a great high chair well
0: cuz it, it it doesn't you must have
1: been pumped
0: <laughs> right well it doesn't look like there's something that's supposed to come off but there is and you right. don't you don't realize that like
1: cuz i didn't want to buy a beer. new chair so i was like trust me this is an isolated incident <laughs> maggots aren't going to come back and then she's like look at this all these maggot reports I was like okay we're throwing it out get it away
4: that is absolutely wild although I I appreciate your focus there and that I think that's a big thing parents like that would be my advice you give your advice to friends that are having a baby buy something that can be cleaned really fast yes because you're not going to take it apart and do this it's going to be like but in your case you didn't think it needed to be because it didn't look like things you know that's the point it's like get get a the stroller you got to be able to operate it with one hand you know get a diaper bag that doesn't have too many compartments because you're just going to lose all your stuff anyway you, th- those kinds of things that that's not really those things aren't really in those books you know that's just a, a parent to a, like a friend to a friend like hey i want to tell you this right now you need to listen
3: <laughs> keep a diaper in the glove box
4: keep a diaper in the oh, glove that's box. a
1: good one and napkins too in the oh, glove box the that's napkin, really good napkins yeah. yep and, and yeah, don't yeah, so buy I would anything that... prone to maggots for sure <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't feed your children. Number either. one. um <laughs> Yeah, I would say I I do. I like to keep. We we only have one car, so like the the purpose is like let's keep this thing clean if I can, just because that's the only one car we got. And so, yeah, just when the car seat looks a little bit wrecked, it's like all right, it's annoying to do. You got to take the cover. It's all clips in certain situations. You got to take it off. But this. It's sort of like anything else, though. When you do it and you put it back on, you're like, I'm glad I did that. That looks a lot better. Yes. Yeah. You know? We also we also put these, um, I don't know what they're called, but it's like it's like a pad. You hang on the back of the, you hang it on like the headrest and it goes down on the seat first and then you put the car seat down. So essentially it's like a little like protective a cover. cover between the actual car, the car's bench seat or whatever, and the car seat because it's. They're going to spill stuff. They're going to, you know. Disasters. It's, they're disasters. Yeah. Also, if you can get like pleather, vinyl, whatever, it, cloth is like good luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when when do kids start throwing up in cars? Because we haven't hit that phase yet.
1: Was well, that a thing? Is that an age? They yeah. just start barfing in the car? I think so. I
4: didn't know uh, that. Well, one. I think it's, I think, well, I would also say babies, though, because they're not used to like the motion of a car. So some babies mm-hmm. just don't do well with the first few car rides because, the, you know, the the seeing the things, the yeah. the visual of the window passing, I think they throw up, but I don't know what I think. I think some kids are just prone to not feeling good in the back of a car like people are, you know, mm-hmm. like how old is your oldest?
0: Three. And I hope she doesn't turn out to be a car barfer. She seems OK right now. But I didn't that,
1: even know that was a thing.
0: We 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 yeah, used to take kids know. to like sports trips and like oh, some Carson. kids would like okay, yeah. get super My car sister sick did and like throw yeah. up in the car. So it runs yeah. in the family.
4: Yeah, I never did it. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily like, but I just mean like your kids throw up everywhere. So like (laughs) in the car, uh, in the car seat while you're driving and you can't do anything about it. That's about one of the times where you're just like, okay.
3: that happened to my (laughs) wife recently going to visit my parents. We went with all of us. So it was like me next to me is driving. My father-in-law next to me in the backseat is the two kids with my wife in between them. Awful drive. It's like a two-hour drive. So oh, my wife, awful. <laughs> my, my wife like got car sick. Not like barf, but like just like doesn't feel uh. good. My son, who'd never done it before and hasn't done it since, he barfs on himself. So she's already car sick, and there's just some, a little person just barfing next to her. And I was like, "Do you want to pull over?" And she's like, "No." Just hand me napkins and keep driving. We're almost there. <laughs> That's like a horror movie. That,
0: that is a, yeah. a personal nightmare. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Clean the car seat then.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I can> imagine.
3: <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar you did.
1: <laughs> Do either of you have a story equivalent to our maggot story? I was kind of hoping you would be like,
3: oh, well, and then I've done I do. something even worse. Well, I have a maggot story, which was... Really? Uh, yeah, we were... I don't know where I was going with my daughter. I think I was just like, she wanted a backpack for something during the day. My son's napping and I try to give her like, she's not in school. She's going to start kindergarten next month. And so when my son goes down for a nap, if I'm not, if my wife's not able to like watch her and me do, you know, do a TikTok or something was usually how we do it. My wife can take a break from work. That's when I'll film a TikTok. My wife, I need to go make an internet video. (laughs) (laughs) Super. It's been super embarrassing for very long. Yes. Oh, we're the same. It was like one time my daughter was like, like let's go on a hike or something like that. She's like, Well, I'm to get my backpack and pack some stuff. And I was like, Great, I can't wait for you to pack all the most impractical things for a hike. And like she'll pack books, and I was like, terrible idea. <laughs> we won't read them, and that's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I took out her her, took out her backpack and I saw in the side little mesh pocket is a a, a bottle with a straw. Huge uh oh already, because we never use those for water. And oh we don't just store them there so something was there something so be and used, it was like man. in the closet and i remember last time we i don't remember last time we used this backpack and i pull it out and i look inside and the entire inside is filled with maggots no. the whole inside of the cup oh my and god I, I had a potential dumb dad moment which was, I was like, oh, this is disgusting. And I go over to the sink and start unscrewing it and turning on the water and going, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and just closed it right back up and threw it away. Oh my I was God. like,
4: dollar <laughs> 15 cent bottle is going to take right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to wash money. it twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: have a pot of water boiling.
4: I'll tell a quick story. I don't have a maga story, but oh. I have something similar that that is like just before where we live now we lived in a house that we were renting and it was it's an it was an older house and the the landlords that own the house didn't always take the best care of the house it was kind of like slap a new coat of paint on it they didn't even Mm -hmm. change the carpets before we moved in that kind of place but we wanted the space and so there we were we were my wife was pregnant with my daughter and my son who was like almost three was he was sitting in the living room he was watching like a cartoon my wife super pregnant was taking a nap and we had we had smelled something a little weird that i've never smelled before coming from behind the dishwasher and we like for a couple days and we had like the linoleum had been peeled up in one corner and one morning we woke up and it had been like chewed Mm. like clearly chewed like wow that is a rodent doing that and so got to figure out where that's coming from and so we were trying to i was setting traps and i was trying to figure out if we could get it nothing worked and then eventually one day we started smelling something weird and i was like oh god this thing we're died somewhere and so my son's taking a nap and i'm thinking like okay i probably have like 45 minutes here maybe not that long I'm going to be like super dad right now. I am this is going to be so gross. So I'm going to gag my way through it. I'm going to find this thing and dispose of it and put everything back without my son knowing. And before my wife gets up, it'll be like a big celebratory thing. So you really pumped yourself up. For that. Oh, yeah, I was. <laughs> <am>. <laughs> well, just because it was like this thing we've been go- dealing with for a while and yeah. we didn't really know yeah, what to do. And I'm thinking, like, I'm just going to solve it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to solve it, you know? And so I pulled the dishwasher out. And of course, like behind the dishwasher, there's a big hole in the wall. I was like, well, of course, that's how they're getting in the house. There's a big hole right there where you, the hole in the only needs to be big enough to where the tube goes behind the wall to go to the water. Well, it was like it was like a basketball size <laughs> hole. I was like, this is, of course, this is, of course, this is where Rowan's are getting. it. So I take my phone light and I look and I could see like the tail of it. It had oh. died right. It had died right there. And I was like, oh. OK, OK. I'm just gonna use the tongs and then we'll throw those away. I'm gonna put them in the bag. And, you know, I'm just the whole time thinking like, stop freaking out, just do it, just get it done. Please tell me the tail popped off. And, uh, <laughs> no, but I. So I'm like trying to figure out how to wait because it's in the wall, sort of though. So I'm trying to figure out how do I get this thing. And as I'm reaching back there and just go, like breathe through it, just get through it. I pretty much basically get to where I'm gonna try to grab this thing, and its brother or cousin and oh, whoever no. it was was like, "What you doing?" and hopped threw the hole over my hand and landed in front of me. I'm in the squatting position inside the the cavern of where the dishwasher normally lives, face to face with a rat. Oh my God, oh my I hate them so much. And like, <laughs> and it's and the dead relative over there. And it was this, I mean, I'll never forget this moment. It was like, I was, I was, I would, was, I, was, I wasn't doing anything. I would, I wasn't gonna do anything. And then the rat like looked at me and then went back in the <laughs> hole and I was like very well and i just went out of the hole and i pushed the dishwasher (laughs) you didn't get rid of it you just put a for sale sign in the front of the house (laughs) yeah i pushed the dishwasher back and i was like well, it was worth a try. And then my wife woke up and I was like, a rat looked at me. We need to call an exterminator. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. That would wow. that story alone is going to haunt me. I, I can't deal with rats. I can deal oh. with so much.
1: We had a bat in the house once and that was not good.
0: And we've had like sewage backups. Like I can mm. deal with stuff. I could not deal with a rat just because the, it's the tail. It's the tail. It's, it's it the tail. It freaks me yeah. out.
4: Yeah, it wasn't great. uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, My last question here. So my wife and I are kind of similar to you in the sense that we're doing a podcast, we're doing TikToks, we're on Instagram, and the motor's always running. And for whatever reason, the most agitated I ever get is right before we record a podcast or when we're about to record a TikTok. (laughs) It's like we're recording this silly tiktok that's supposed to be fun in nature and all of a sudden i'm the most intense man on the planet (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) does this ever happen to you is this something unique to me and if it does happen to you how do you get through these like you know these artistic differences or whatever is happening in the heat of the moment i
3: feel like it just it, it was hard like i said like there's this whole like imposter syndrome also mixed with like this is a child's dancing app and yes. I'm trying to make. It's <laughs> like, so gotta to make, be the best. Yeah. yeah. Parenting content. And for like, <laughs> luckily, because like the podcast was my wife's idea. TikTok was my wife's idea. So thankfully, because those were her ideas, she was very supportive of it and was just because I was just like, this is stupid. You are busy with work. Like, I just don't need to film today. And she'd be like, no, no, go do it. Go do it. Like, it's import- it is important. it is important." And we started getting followers from it. But I mean, I still have times where I'll get, I mean, luckily we don't keep the outtakes because everything is not on film anymore. <laughs> it's all just digital on my yes. phone. But like, I'll be standing there with, I film a lot of them in my bedroom, which is perfect because then I'm not near my son's room who's snapping and my daughter's in the living room. And I'll have it on a ring light. And I, I open the blinds and it's a single story house. So the street is right there and there's a sidewalk. So like anybody can just walk by and see a, an adult with a ring light <laughs> bedroom dressed like a like a hospital employee <laughs> and <laughs> just so stupid. And but there are times where I'm just like staring at the camera and just going like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a piece of shit. you terrible at this. <laughs> And the amount of times I just <laughs> swear and yell at myself, and then I just have to recompose myself because it just has to. At the end of the day, it just has to get done. Yeah. And I think I've, because we are actors and we do audition and stuff. I think you do learn that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, there's times where, especially being a parent, I'll have to like I'm dealing with this, and then this happened, or there's a blowout, and I just had to clean the car seat, and oh my gosh, my audition's in 20 minutes, I gotta go. And then I, you know, head there. It you do have to learn to just turn your brain off and like get in the room, get the job done, which is a lot like parenting in general. Like a lot of times you're frustrated, but we still got to get them fed and we still got to do this. And I feel like just learning to, you just have to do it because that's what people say to you all the time. It's the most annoying thing that people without kids say to people with kids, which is just like, how do you do it? <laughs> and it's like because I have to. What do you mean? Because, because oh. you absolutely have to. Like nobody sees a parent who abandons their kid and goes I get it (laughs) but
4: (laughs) didn't want to do it anymore (laughs) are
1: are you saying that Evan and Kevin do not argue you do not have like intense disagreements because you do seem very chill like you Mm -hmm. both seem very very honest
4: we we really don't argue that much No. no honestly and here's the here's the reason why I think here's the reason why because in what Kevin is saying is right when when you're like an actor creator writer it's arguing doesn't really help anything Mm -hmm. there are certain times where we disagree on a lot of things Mm -hmm. but it's like but i need to hear why you disagree with it and you should hear why i disagree with it and then we're both good at acknowledging like yeah that is the better idea and i think that happens a lot with when we write stuff or when we're filming stuff like it's a little bit because it's never like a correction and we both agree in this and in being creative and writing things a note is a note it's not a correction or not you know a note is like giving somebody a note is like I'm thinking of this. You can take it or leave it. If you want to use it, don't use it. If not, that's great. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So like when we're trying to make a video together or something, arguing doesn't really help. You got ha- you got to be in the mindset of like jokes. Let's make comedy. You know, if then you're feeling frustrated or annoyed, like it's going to be hard to make, make you know feel like be in the moment of making a joke. I mean, when we record our podcast, it's more like this is this is like getting to go to the bar or something where we just mm-hmm. get to sit down and chat and make fun of each other we just record it. So that's per, that's pretty stress
3: free I think. Also try it my way is a big thing of like if one thing we disagree if we're going to disagree about anything it'll be a, it'll be a line of like no you should say it this way. Well no I think it's funnier this way. And then it's one of those things where you're like all right fine do it your way. And then film a couple takes and then go all right now do it my way. And then we'll look at it and go okay never mind you were right. And I think since the very like we said we met doing sketch comedy
4: and that company was like very much like okay you're writing your own show you're writing all your own sketches we hope we'll have a director that will help you with stuff but you're creating all of it yourself and then you'll go up and put it up and see they'll vote who thinks that you know which stuff is the funniest and then you go up and do it and if it, i think we quickly early on we both knew that like a note's a note it's not a correction or whatever but sometimes people get really personal about like a note or somebody saying you know i I think it could be stronger if you did this. Or whatever, and they take that personally. I, th- whenever I worked with Kevin, whenever we were in the same group or doing a sketch, I thought we always did a good job of, going, of just acknowledging, like, "Oh yeah, you're right. That is that that is the funniest way." Not, "I was wrong. I'm not good." It's it's it was more about Let's just mm-hmm. I will it, it, just find the funniest thing, you know, and, yeah. and move on. It's not I'm not personally attacking you or saying you can't do this or you're not good at this. It's just about. What's the strongest thing? Yeah, and let's find that. You know, let's find that. I will
3: say though, because you're basically implying you guys definitely getting fights over. <laughs> I'm I'm more the problem. I'll admit that. Here's the thing: my wife, who's also a writer, and we don't film a lot of our TikToks together because we, we both have kids and we mm-hmm. both have to parent, and we're both stay at home dads. So it's like we don't have time often. Like right now, our wives are both working at my house. We're at the apartment. As soon as we're done here, we're gonna head back over and. Um, but my wife actually comes up with a lot of the ideas and she's, um, she's a producer. So she spends all day looking at footage and picking the best footage and telling the editors how to fix it. Yes. Not great when you make a TikTok (laughs) and then I always hand it to her before I post it. Um, and I (laughs) hand it to her and the amount of times I've gotten pissed at her. So it's, I think it's a couple thing and like Evan and I get along good, (laughs) but like my wife will just like look at me and be like. I mean, it's not that funny and I'm like, (laughs) I get like so mad. I get so mad. She sees it and she's like, luckily now used to it because I'm not going to fix myself. She needs to Mm -hmm. adjust. (laughs) I get like, she sees the fire in my eyes of like daggers. Cutting into her head uh, from like my, my looks. And because I don't say anything, I don't blow up on her. Like occasionally hey, I'll just be like, what do you mean? Like, there's no jokes. Obviously, there's jokes. What do you mean there's no jokes? I didn't just read from Atlas Shrugged, like, what are you talking about? And 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 then she'll just be like, Well, okay, it wasn't a strong joke, and blah blah blah. She's now used to like me giving that look because I'm gonna just take the note, I'm gonna be furious, I'm gonna leave the room, and then I will come back with a better thing. Cause she doesn't just say mm-hmm. that she will give like criticism. Yeah. Stuff. So I do have that. I do like get pissed at my wife when I make TikToks, but that's like to a degree, that's my process because she has a great eye for what's funny. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm a, I'm objective. I wrote directed and filmed this thing myself and I edited it. <laughs> of course, I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good to have like an audience <laughs> member who's just like, it's not.
2: Yeah. And then I
3: have to like, leave the room and go, all right, make it better and I make it better off of her notes and some of mine. And I come back and then eventually it was good enough. So I can relate to that.
0: No, that's, that's good. See, I feel like ours like are getting mad at each other, like mentally sparring before we do a TikTok. Because whenever we finish a podcast or finish the TikToks, we're like, yeah, that was great. We high five and yeah. we have a drink and it's awesome. But before and we're doing all of our TikToks from our front porch, by the way, and mm-hmm. all of our neighbors
1: Hate
4: us.
0: No, they're like over 60 and everybody sits on their front porch all day long. So then Shane and I go out on our front porch for two hours every Saturday during nap time and we film our entire week's TikToks.
3: Oh, nice.
0: People are walking by. We're like silently getting mad at somebody for starting to mow their lawn. We're saying the same thing 10 <laughs> times over. Like they think we're ridiculous. It's
1: And I'll be like,
3: I got to go take a break. And then I'll
1: walk in the house and start pacing. And it's like,
3: it's ridiculous. <laughs> but- we had that today. We had the same thing today. We were filming something before we came here and uh, a dog started barking. And I was like, yeah, cool. Go ahead. Just bark. That's fine. So, <laughs> like, yeah, It's your neighborhood. Yeah. Wait, Stupid it's the dog. dogs.
0: Stupid dogs. They they have they've come in our TikToks too. Like you've had to for dogs and birds, like download special programs. There's
1: take- a program called D Bird, which is very helpful for the free <laughs> seven day trial, and it's it costs like six hundred to actually buy, but for that seven days, we had completely birdless audio,
4: oh, it was which was amazing. <laughs> that's
1: fantastic. D Bird. Yeah, funny. constantly.
4: That's we were joking about. This, we were shooting something the other day, and like the amount of times we had to pause for like little things. Was like, <laughs>
2: like are all
4: the airplanes. Uh, every over? single airplane was like, okay, they're filming. Everyone, go, go, go! And uh, we were just like, this is like ridiculous. This, this, is. And Kevin goes, this is the reason why when Hollywood films something outside, they rent the entire city block. Yes, right? yeah, because they're like, you can't come through here. No yeah. one can come through here. <laughs> no, you got guys... be quiet.
0: But guys, truly, this has been awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for sitting down with us. It's been so much fun. And where can listeners go to find you, all your social stuff, find your podcast, everything?
3: You guys can find us uh, on Twitter if you want, but Instagram and <laughs> TikTok <laughs> at Dumb Dad Pod, as in podcast. Yeah, the, D- the Dumb Dad Podcast you can find on anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love your stuff, guys. It's oh
1: very, God. very funny without being uncool somehow you do still maintain that funny edge edge. where i find a lot of parenting humor is not haha funny it's just Mm -hmm. placating a certain audience to get views
3: sure thank you so much much. really kind this has been really fun hanging out with you guys
0: yeah no this has been awesome and guys i'm i'm looking forward to seeing everything you do so take care super nice meeting you and uh, enjoy the rest of your day
1: thank you you. thank you guys thank you so much bye That was Kevin and Evan of the Dumb Dads. The
0: Dumb Dads. And they are, in fact, not dumb. They are just every parent. They are the every parent. And if you can't relate to them, then I think you're lying to yourself.
1: Well, I I was kicking myself after this interview because we had a moment where we talked about dad chat groups and how the wheels always fall off them. Yes, I wanted to tell them I had actually become introduced to them through a dad chat group. It was one of the only messages that was sent within this. It was Facebook group, actually. And it was their video, the press video with Evan doing the press conference that obviously went hugely viral. I should have mentioned that. But anyway, I'm mentioning it now and maybe they're listening to see if we're talking (laughs) about them after the interview uh anyway next interview
0: next interview all right Liesl teen Shane was sitting out on this one because you know he doesn't really have anything to add when it Thanks. comes to the first uh first postpartum poop so mommy labor nurse Liesl teen awesome conversation on postpartum immediate postpartum but before we get to Liesl let me tell you who we are supported by we are supported by my best friend. My Breast Friend is the number one choice of nursing pillow for millions of parents around the world who nurse their babies. For more than 25 years, my Breast Friend's patented wraparound design, like it wraps around in clips and it is snug. But it supported people in over 40 countries and thousands of birthing hospitals to support successful nursing.
1: People are waiting for us to tell them how to spell it.
0: Oh, yeah, because this is a trick, guys. It's not breast like you'd expect.
1: It's B-R-E-S-T. No,
0: A. Get that down. And lactation consultants around the world credit the pillow for helping parents achieve longer and more comfortable feeding cycles than they thought possible, which Shane and I can attest to. Anytime that Shane's bottle-fed or I've breastfed, we're doing it in, like, the lap of luxury.
1: I'm going to take it a step further that you don't even need to be nursing children to purchase this pillow. (laughs) That's right. That's... (laughs) That's the hyperbole I'm willing to go because that's how comfortable this
2: pillow is.
0: It is simply the best, most supportive choice for successful breastfeeding. You can purchase my breast friend online at buybuybaby.com, target.com, walmart.com, babylist.com, and amazon.com. And now let's get to our interview with Liesl. Thank you so much for joining me again. This is our third time chatting. I know, right? A We're like a I know. I I literally have not even seen, well, because of everything going on, I have not seen my best friends this amount. And I know this is over Zoom, but like I don't Zoom them. I just text them. No, So I know. Same. (laughs) So welcome back. And um, thank you. People uh, may not know, but I was on your podcast, Liesl, um, which is dropping at some point in August, I think. It's coming out. I can probably give you a date. It's coming out real soon.
5: This family tree, yeah, August sixteenth. There you go. A few weeks. So stay
0: tuned. Subscribe. That'll be (laughs) that. Especially if you haven't heard my birth story, I've told it a few times, but we do. We get into a lot of it there. It was Uh, really good. Yeah. But I'm so excited to be able to talk to you again because at the end of our last conversation, I was like, oh crap! Like there's so many questions that I didn't a whole a whole area of questions, all having to do with postpartum, that I didn't have time to ask you. And some of these things are really fascinating me. And I actually got a lot of good feedback on our last interview. Actually, one mother uh, was speaking to me. She had a lotus birth. And ah, it was I it was we talk fast. About that. Yes, we did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she was saying that you know she wanted to give a different perspective of it, and she was talking to me about her experience with it, and it was it was really fascinating. Uh, and then she expressed concerns that uh, people have medical births too quickly, and I expressed back to her that I said, "Well, you know, everything when I was going through pregnancy and." you know, that whole experience, everything was leading me to feel that if I had medical interventions, and this is what we talked about a lot, then I wasn't doing it right or I was in some way failing the thing that my body could naturally do. And that is the purpose of, you know, me bringing in my perspective here. So and I appreciated you being able to comment on that. Moving right along to postpartum, we're just going to get right into it and right off the hop, I want to know what is the single most important thing that somebody can do immediately after they have a baby, like whether it's for themselves or for the baby, like what do we need to know? Yeah. So I'm a
5: big fan of skin to skin. Okay. And most of us know what skin to skin is, but skin to skin is super, super beneficial for baby, for you, for bonding, for temperature regulation, initiating breastfeeding. If you plan on breastfeeding, they've said, so there's this term called the golden hour after birth. And I can't remember if we talked about it. I might've touched a Mm -hmm. little bit on it on the first episode, but the golden hour after birth is basically that hour, first hour, first two hours after birth, we really want baby to stay with mom as much as possible, you know, as, as much as baby and mom can. So there are some babies that are going to be born that are preterm or they have, you know, medical needs. They need to go to the NICU or maybe mom has medical needs and, you know, she can't do that skin to skin time. Someone is unstable, so that can't happen, but in a term delivery, everything's going smooth. We really want to incorporate that golden hour, that skin to skin as much as possible. And that's already kind of standard practice at the hospital that I work at where we're not even weighing baby, you know, until that first hour is up. We're not if we need to check vital signs on baby, we're doing it right on mom. We're doing assessments, you know, right on mom. We're doing the APGAR scores right after birth, right on mom, like really just, yeah. Doing as much as we possibly can. We can give the eye ointment. We can give the vitamin K shots right on. I mean, it's, you know, we can do a lot of that stuff right there on mom. Um, whereas, you know, before hospitals were more what we call baby friendly and implementing these practices. We were taking baby away to the warmer Mm -hmm. and then eventually giving back to mom. So big fan of skin to skin. Skin to skin is great. Like I said, for so many different reasons. And we're even now incorporating like the thousand minutes after birth. So if we do some math, I don't know how many how many minutes? How many hours is a thousand minutes? I guess a thousand divided by sixty. However, many hours that is. Yeah. Okay. I
0: was gonna. Is is, is it six? Wait. I was gonna ask you about that. Sixty minutes in an hour. Yeah. No. Okay. Because I was gonna ask you about this because I saw this on your page. The one thousand minutes, and I had never heard that term yeah. before, and I I think yeah. this is fascinating.
5: Yeah. So that's started. We're starting to say that instead of the golden hour is still awesome, but Mm -hmm. we're even pushing more for that, those thousand minutes of skin to skin, because we're seeing such great, you know, great things with doing like even more skin to skin, even like, I mean, I still, my baby is about to be one, so I don't do much skin to skin with him anymore. But when he was a baby at home and he was a few weeks old or a few months old, and he was kind of fussy about something. I mean, skin to skin is such a great tool to have in your back pocket because babies mm. love to be skin to skin. It reminds them of what it was like on the inside. It's very comforting to them. It's very warm. They hear your heartbeat. They're smelling you. You're right there. So it's a really, really good thing to have in your back pocket. Like if you're ever thinking, oh my gosh, I can't calm my baby down. Like take your shirt off, take your bra off, get in the, in the bed with your baby to, you know, take, clothes off of baby, get, you know, maybe leave the diaper on so you don't get pee or pooped on, <laughs> but Good take tip. your clothes off. Yeah. Take your clothes off, take baby's clothes off and get skin to skin. And I see a lot of times, um, now I'm not a breastfeeding expert. I'm not mm-hmm. an IBCLC. I'm not certified in anything. I've breastfed both of my babies, but, and I'm, I'm an RN, but I'm not a certified lactation consultant, but I have, we have seen, like, I remember with Ryland, especially my second one, he would sometimes have issues latching because he would get so worked up about something. Like Mm -hmm. he was just that kind of baby. My first one, never, like he always wanted the boob. He was never, (laughs) if I had it out, he was like, okay, great. But sometimes Rylan was just, you know, he has like stimulation Mm -hmm. stuff. So it's like, he kind of has to calm down before he can latch. And I always found that if I did a few minutes of skin to skin, it calmed him down enough to where, okay, now I'm ready. This is interesting. I can calm down and eat. Mm -hmm. So it's great for that. If you have babies who are, you know, colicky, like doing that skin to skin when they're colicky, or if you know that your baby has a fussy period in the afternoon or evening, just know, okay, I'm going to, you know, set some time aside to do some skin to skin. Skin to skin is great. I mean, think about, think about like, this is bad, but like when Not bad, but like (laughs) think about when you're, you are having sex or having sexy time with your husband, you know, or your partner and how much closer you feel to them when you don't have clothes on versus like when you're having sex, like with your shirt on or something, you know, it's just, it's a different sensation. So that's, that's the difference in it of skin to skin and holding a baby skin to skin versus you know a baby swaddled up or a baby yeah. in a onesie and you're it's just a
0: different it gives off a lot more oxytocin. It's a different level of intimacy and it, is. it it does bring you closer, obviously in different ways. but it the bonds between you know two partners and the bond between a mother and a baby, I mean it's it all comes from the same place right? The baby's coming from the first kind of intimate bond. And so I think it makes so much sense that, that as humans on like a very primal level, I think skin to skin makes so much sense, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. now what do you, what do you do if you are in a situation where you need to get, you know, there's some kind of health issue with the mom or with the baby, and you do miss that first skin to skin? How can you rep- not repair that because nothing's wrong, but like, how how can you make up for that?
5: Yeah. So obviously you can't you know, go back in Mm -hmm. time, right. And do anything, but there's going to be so many hours and so many days and so many weeks to bond with your baby. So once you're medically stable, once your baby is medically stable, implement that skin to skin. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's just that easy. Don't feel like you failed, you know, in the, in the first few hours because you didn't get it in the first few hours your babies, you and your baby are still going to bond. It might just, you know, be a little bit of a time delay because mm-hmm. something was going on with baby or something was going on with you. So yeah, just say, Hey, it's okay. If it doesn't happen immediately, we like it to happen as soon as possible. But obviously if something medically is going on with the baby, mm-hmm. like
0: that takes preference, obviously. No, absolutely. And when it comes to father's all right. So, and they're bonding with me because I know skin to skin like can be helpful there. And the first time like, when we had Lucy, our eldest, I was like so all over that. I was like, all right, Shane, you're gonna be doing skin to skin whenever I'm not. So basically, yeah. this baby's just gonna be sleeping on one of us the whole all time the we're skin. in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. And I bought him because it was his birthday. So for his birthday present, I got my brother to drop off his gift at the hospital so I could still give it to him. Uh, I got him a new robe, like a a bathrobe. And I was like, but it's great and I'm giving it to you here so that you can just wear this in the hospital room with me. And then you can easily do skin to skin then cover up and you don't have to like have your shirt off when the nurses are here. And you know what I mean? And he loved it initially. And then he started getting really dirty looks from nurses. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And and one of them even made a comment about – I don't know, like him making himself feel too at home or something like that. Oh, and (laughs) those kind of dirty looks. Yeah, (laughs) okay. And yeah, not like dirty, as in, like, you look hot in your robe. (laughs) And um, then he got really self conscious. And even though he really appreciated that bonding time, he didn't bring the robe or anything like that for when we had the second baby. And it was always on his mind. But Anyhow, this is all just to say that he loved doing skin to skin. And I think that was a great way for that to happen. But what is the benefit of skin to skin with dads? Like, does it promote the same response, biological response, as it does with moms? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. So
5: it's all the same things good good for temperature control for baby, good for bonding. Obviously, Dad or partner is not going to be breastfeeding babies. So there's not going to be that initiation of breastfeeding, but still oxytocin release for babies, still oxytocin release for partner. It's lovely. I love when dads do skin to skin or partners do skin to skin. It's so sweet and they get so excited. And it's just, and it's just sometimes I think I find that partners are like, you know, they're like, what do I do? Like, okay, I can change the diapers. I can't, you know, if you're breastfeeding, okay, I can't do that. So it's like, just, it's something for them to do to like really bond with their babies. So yeah, I love seeing, I mean, they can do it in the OR in most places. So if you have a C section, you don't have an emergency section, you have like a, you know, planned or an unscheduled C section. It's not an emergency, emergency, and you're allowed to have your partner back there. You can do skin to skin. Typically, dad can do skin to skin in the OR, partner can do skin to skin in the OR. They can do it, you know, really right after birth. And I think it's so beneficial too, because as a mom, yes, it's great to bond with your fresh newborn and do skin to skin as much as possible. But sometimes you want to get up and go to the bathroom or
0: one hundred for a couple
5: hours or just, you know, like yeah, not sleep. for a couple You know what I mean? Like you just need a little break. Oh, like I, I need- a
0: couple hours. If you could get a couple hours extra sleep <laughs> as a new mom, hell yeah. yes. Take that. Yeah. Do it.
5: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, totally. So I'm all for taking turns and, you know, whether it's skin to skin on partner dad, whether it's skin to skin on mom, whether your mom comes in, it's skin to skin on grandma. Like anybody, mm-hmm. anybody take your shirt off. We can do it. Come on, <laughs> let's, get, let's get your shirt. Let's get everybody skin to skin in here. So no, there you exactly. go. And then
0: the whole family is uh, super comfortable together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. are there any other things that, you know, Partners can do to kind of get involved in to help that bonding. Because I know that, you know, sometimes for moms and if some – I think some women are really good at making boundaries even for themselves and saying, okay, this is where I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to ask my partner to come and help. But like for me, I wanted to do all the nighttime feeds because I wanted yeah, to breastfeed.
5: Same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hated pumping. So I never yeah. pumped bottles. Um, I didn't even try pumping with baby number two because I was like, I'm not even going to go that route. And it's it's in a way like there's, you know, maternal gatekeeping, right? Where mom's yes. like, well, oh, yes. only I know how to do this, this and this. And instead of letting my partner learn and maybe make an error and then learn from that and figure it out just like I have been, I'm just going to do it all. And then partner is left kind of like twiddling their thumbs in a corner And not only are they doing that, but then it's like they're missing out on that. It's like a physical bonding with the kid because then they're actually doing it. But then I think also on an emotional level, if you're invested, like as a mom, like, you know, I'm thinking about what they're going to eat for every meal of the day. I'm wondering if she's meeting milestones. I'm wondering what kind of things I'm going to do on tummy time or for speech to – get her developing but it's like if you leave your partner out of that then mentally even they're not doing parenting and I think they're missing out on an emotional connection so what can partners do to kind of step in and help you know get involved really early on aside from skin to skin
5: yeah Well, let's be clear. I'm still working on not having a maternal gatekeeping because (laughs) that is something that I've, we just, that's how I function. I am a control freak. My husband is somewhat of a control freak too, but we, we butt heads because of that, because Liesl (laughs) is always trying to like, tell me exactly how to do this, that, and the other. And it's like, I know how to put my child, how to bathe my child. You don't have to tell me, you know, it's like, okay, you're right. So, I will say I'm still personally working on it.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of us are, honestly.
5: Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, you touched on all of the, all of the perfect things. I mean, really having those conversations, I will say from the get-go, I love to teach people to have those conversations before you even have baby of like, okay, how are things going to work? Okay. Like what, what am I good at? And what are you good at? And like, what do I hate to do? And what do you hate to do? And then, you know, having those conversations, Before baby comes, and then having those conversations after baby comes, and reanalyzing if, like, you know, you might need to change routines. Like, I knew, you know, before my second one was born, I like, you know, putting my kiddo to bed. I like, you know, I liked nursing him to bed. Like, I was just like the bedtime lady. That's just my thing. I like doing the bath, whatever. And then as he started, sleeping through the night more and he started getting up a little bit earlier and I'm working a little bit more. I noticed that I really like actually doing the morning time and I would much rather do this, you know, Mm -hmm. so things kind of had to change, but I think it's so beneficial to have a conversation like that. Like even not even, not even things like that, like who's going to put the baby to bed, who's going to do this, but think about day-to-day kind of stuff that you guys already do. Like who's the person in charge of doing, you know, the grocery shopping or who's the person in charge of cooking the meals or who's the person who's going to be in charge of this, that, and the other, and, you know, kind of saying, okay, this is going to be a little bit more difficult. How is this going to work when the baby's here? And so having those conversations before baby comes, I think are very, very beneficial. And just knowing that communication automatically is like a little bit harder to achieve when you're tired after having a baby. So like giving yourself grace to
0: no, <laughs> like, I think we can all,
5: uh, I think we can all relate to that. Like, it's just, that's why, that's why people fight a little bit more after they have kids, because you're just a little bit more stressed out and you're a little bit more tired. And it's harder to have conversations like that when you're on edge, you know? 100%. So Yeah. So I think that's important. Um, Going back to like just tasks and like things that, that, you know, dad or partner can do, obviously, you know, diapering is like something that they can get involved in. Um, One thing that my husband really latched onto um, he's very like task oriented. So he really liked cho- like reading reviews of different like baby products with me. And so he was like very, you know, he was like very into like getting the baby monitor. Okay. <laughs> so, so he's he like, was, like re- the purchaser. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still, I still want, you know, I'm control freak. I tell you. Um, <laughs> so I still wanted to be involved, but he was very interested in like, okay, th- I like this one because of, you know, it has these features mm-hmm. and like, I like this one. But So sometimes partners or dads are good for that because it, it makes them feel very, very involved. And then when the product is actually there and being used, they're like much more into it because like they That's chose awesome. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think that's really really good and yeah like with breastfeeding and stuff it's hard it's really hard because there's so much of breastfeeding that is defaulted onto mom it's just you know it is what it is i have heard though one thing that can help um with at least nighttime feedings is it's a little bit different in the beginning when baby's like kind of right next to you, but once baby's transitioning to your room, like instead of you going up and just doing it solo, having your partner get up and bring baby to you and have you feed in the bed. And then, you know, they change the diaper and put them back to bed. You know, that never worked for us because honestly, I stopped we started doing overnight diapers pretty early. So like mm-hmm. I didn't even change diaper, you know, once, no. once like we got to that stage and they could go a whole night with an
0: overnight diaper, mm-hmm. it was great. Cause you're not even doing that step, oh, that's, but that's huge. That's a huge step. Yeah. That is such a relief when that happens.
5: Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. it is <laughs> Cause it's just stimulating and they don't yes, like it, it and just, well, yeah, I was happy to get rid of the, <laughs> the overnight diaper changes for sure. So it you know that is something that i've heard can help is getting out of bed having your partner getting out of bed and bringing the baby it never really worked for us because i just it just felt like an extra step and my husband was like, he had to work in the morning and I'm like, I don't really have to work in the morning. So I'm like, I'm just, it. it's not worth it for us to both get interrupted sleep. But for some families, it really does work. So I think it's like looking at your priorities and what, what your schedules are and seeing what works for you. Another thing that I know works well for a lot of people is if you're not breastfeeding or if you're like pumping or bottle feeding, splitting the night. So, you okay, know, yeah. the one person does from like 6 PM to like 1 AM or 12 AM. So if the baby wakes up before then, like it's on person one if the baby wakes up after this certain time, you know, 1 AM to 7 AM or one, you know, 12 AM to 6 AM, then it's person two. And you kind of switch off, you know, one person isn't always doing mm-hmm. the later shift. Cause like that's hard every yeah. single night. Yeah. So that's another way to do it. Or maybe you do different days, you know, some days, like Monday through Friday, since partner has to work in the morning, I'm doing that. But like on the weekends, then you do the night feeds and I can, you know, still yeah. get some sleep on the weekends. So it's just, you know, every family's different. So you got to find what works for you. Yeah.
0: And that's a great idea. See, none of the reason, so like I've done all the night feeds for both kids the whole way through. And that's because I can get back to sleep pretty quick for the most Same. part, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shane suffers from terrible sleep problems, so he needs melatonin just to fall asleep at the beginning of the night. If he wakes up once in the night, he's up for two hours with no kids. So it's like there's no point in him being for us as exhausted as me because then in the day he can be there to support me and, you know, help out with the kids and with the house in different ways or go to work, like – He's been working at home for the second baby, which has been good. But
5: That's good. I mean – That's always so helpful. when the, the, I, I find that that was more so the case with my second baby too mm-hmm. as my husband was working much more from home. And even if he's in his office or he's like over there, it's just nice having another
0: presence. <laughs> oh it's God. just like – To be able weird. to go pee and not worry yes. about the baby yeah, like, like yes. killing themselves on the stairs yes. or something is amazing. Yep. It's it amazing. Is. And then two, like it helped because I have the toddler too. So it's like I can have him, you know, take his lunch during nap time so that he can put one kid to bed and I'll put the other kid to bed. And it's like, I don't know how – if he has to go back to work in an office once everything's over, like I hope his company just keeps him home. But if he has to go back in an office, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do because that means he's gone for bedtimes too because he won't get home until late because he has to commute to a big city. So it's like – yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It is tough. It's so tough. And and
5: I mean, that's why I love that phrase. Like it takes a village because mm-hmm. it really, really does. Like it's so much easier to take care of children when there are just like multiple adults, even if like most of it is on you, but you just have another adult there. I, so you can go to the bathroom or you can, you know, here, can you bring them their plate or like, here, mm-hmm. can you like give the bottle or here, can you do this? Like I, so just personally, like what our schedule is, my sister is local and she comes over and helps like kind of nanny for my kids. And sometimes I'm not even, sometimes I take a day during the week, just not to do work, but like Mm -hmm. to do stuff around the house. And it's just like, it's so nice just having an extra person there, even if like she's helping me do something or she's Mm -hmm. able to hold something. For It's just It's so nice.
0: I know. No. I (laughs) Trust me. I know. We live down the street from my parents. And then Mm -hmm. Shane's stepmom comes in so frequently. And once September comes, she's going to be coming every day to watch the baby. Nice. And it's just like I I wouldn't be able to do it. But I'm going to pivot back to the hospital, okay? Let's do it. Yeah. So a moment I had – and this was, you know, giving birth to Betty, my second baby. I'm like, okay – I'm going to be a pro. I know babies. I've already done this once. So it's, I don't know, the day after I gave birth. She had been a dream up till this point. She starts crying. Shane had stepped out five minutes earlier to get us both like Starbucks. And of course he leaves. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be perfect. Don't worry about it. He is gone for like, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. And the baby Will not stop crying. She's crying so hard that she won't latch. So I can't just breastfeed her and get her stop. I can't really stand up at this point because, like, my vagina is just in Falling serious yeah. pain. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm just trying to calm her down. And I couldn't. And then a nurse came in because I'm, like, struggling and crying. And, like, I thought I was going to be an expert. And, you know, this was throwing me off. And the nurse was like, you know what? Let me just – I'll take her for a little walk in the – in her little the bassinet, bassinet. Yeah. and uh, maybe maybe she'll like that looking at things. So I was like, yeah, please take her. The nurse yeah. took her for like an hour and I, was, I slept, which was incredible. And she comes back, baby's asleep, like swaddled in the best – you know, nurses do the best swaddles. I don't know how you guys do it. So she's like swall- swaddled up like a little burrito, fast asleep, and she is sucking on a soother. And – she was like, I hope it's okay that I gave her a soother. And I was like, honestly, I don't have an opinion either way. That's great. I have tried. I used to try to get my eldest to take a soother. She never would, except for in the hospital. And I was curious, what is your stance on soothers? Like, Should babies be given soothers? Are they bad? What is it? And why couldn't I ever get them to take a soother after the nurse? I know. Yeah. So 2 I've had two children. One of them
5: the, my first one did not, we, I call them passies. I can mm-hmm. call them suitors. I don't care, but I call them passies. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has a different woo. 100%. Like everybody has a different name for them, <laughs> but I call them passies. And my, my first one did not take one a day in his life. Like mm-hmm. I tried and tried and tried and tried, and he did not even take it in the hospital. He didn't take it, you know, at home. I tried a bunch of different brands. He likes my boobs as his <laughs> pacifier, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. If you, if that's what you want to do, it's fine. It's both of my kids. Um, yeah. 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 He just, that was his pacifier. So my second one took a pacifier pretty early on. But then at about three months, he was just like, I don't like this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good, mom. Like, bye. And so there are some kids like that. And then there are some kids who take to them like perfectly fine. And it, and it has no issues. They have no issues with feeding or breastfeeding, mm-hmm. and they take them for years, and then it's like hard to get them away from it. So, I, you know, I think my stance really is like every family's different and every baby's different. And some babies are going to need soothers or pacifiers mm-hmm. because they are colicky babies. And sucking does, it, you know, it's evidence based that sucking is a very soothing mechanism for a baby because they do that in utero they do that on you so pacifiers are certainly not bad in that sense the only bad thing about them sometimes is when it uh it, it is when you you might have issues with breastfeeding and so sometimes we say like like for me, you want to get real personal. Let's do so, it. <laughs> so with me, I have like perfectly perfect breastfeeding nipples. Like they are shaped like a bottle nipple. Like it's just, it, I have perfectly everted nipples, no flatness, no nothing. Like babies have always, my, both of my babies had no issues latching, except like I said, my second one would sometimes Throw a fit and then need to calm down,
0: but like in terms of latch, like I have perfect breastfeeding nipples. Okay, wait, I always wait, have. I, I need, I, I just need to pause uh, here for a second, okay? okay? Okay. Because I've been saying this to Shane about me. Uh-huh. I'm like they're like built oh, – tell me
5: about your nipples now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> See, we are besties. No, but they are like bottle, like like yeah. baby bottles. Yep. But yeah. here's the thing, they weren't always, but they got mm-hmm. like that in pregnancy. And just to yeah. divert a little bit, does that happen? It can. Yeah. Okay. Especially
5: and especially the more babies that you breastfeed. And yeah. so like if it's your second time ta- if it's your second one, or if you had like a short interval um pregnancy. So like you weren't, you mm-hmm. know, you got pregnant soon after your first one, that can certainly happen. There's a lot of nipple changes that normally come along with pregnancy. Like if you've noticed ever, um, darkening of the areolas. So that's a biological thing too, because that is, um, it's like a contrast thing. So babies so are naturally, see. yes, that they're naturally attracted to like very high contrast stuff. So your nipples actually change, darken in pregnancy, no matter what your skin tone that's is. because. Yeah, it alerts baby that, like, oh, there's contrast right there. That's where I need to go to get food. So it's like it's it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. But going back to my nipples, perfect
2: nipples. (laughs) Your perfect nipples.
5: (laughs) I have perfect nipples. So I really never the lactation consultant in the hospital said your baby's probably never going to have issues with taking a pacifier or taking a bottle because your nipples are perfect breastfeeding nipples. Wow. Now yeah. Now, and never did perfectly fine. Yeah. Now, like I said, I'm not a lactation consultant, so I can't speak from that expertise, mm-hmm. but what I've seen with people who have a little bit flatter nipples, or some people even have everted nipples where they go in, they have, they have to use like a nipple shield, which is like a little plastic barrier to help with latching. Mm-hmm. There might be some more issues. If you give baby a pacifier in the beginning, they might, cause they're that's an easy way for them to suck. And then they're trying to go to a breast, which is a much harder way to suck. Mm -hmm. And so like my nipples or everted nipples are very easy, easier for them to suck. So it's like not as much confusing confusion, but if they're going from a pacifier or a bottle, that's the same reason why they say not to introduce bottles Mm -hmm. as early because it can give that confusion. Bottles are a little bit differently different too, because it's also like one of the reasons why they say don't introduce a bottle early is because the flow is different from your breast and it's easier for baby to suck down more from a bottle. So it's, you know, it's just a little bit harder to then breastfeed for them. But yeah, usually the advice that I give people is first of all, no matter what kind of nipples you have, if your baby is screaming its head off and you're like, I don't want to give a pacifier, but like you're screaming your head off. And I just really want to try this. Try, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like <laughs> you got to protect your mental health. And Absolutely, like, God yeah. knows sometimes you have to just give a pacifier. Even if you were t- super gung-ho, I'm not giving a pacifier till the day I die sort mm-hmm. of situation. That's just some days you kind of, you have days like that. Um, so my advice is they actually have a really great, a little collection set. I think it's from Baby List. Um, and they have great they have a great collection set for bottles and pacifiers. So they have like four or five different types of pacifiers and four or five different types of bottles that you can get. Because sometimes what we find is baby will prefer one shape to Mm -hmm. the other bottles and pacifiers. So it's nice to be able to try, Mm -hmm. you know, a few different kinds. So that would be my advice is like, get a few different kinds, whether you get that thing from ba- baby list or you just get, you know, a couple different kinds, just you register for, for them or whatever. So have them on hand, even if you don't plan on using them, because it's just, like I said, it's like, you might have a night like that or a day like that, where you're like, I am losing my mind. My baby is losing it's his mind her mind. And I just need
0: a pacifier, please. I've had Plenty of days like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I wish that my kids took pacifiers. I know. Because there were a few times I know. where I just – I couldn't – especially Lucy. Lucy cried a lot as a little baby and it was really jarring. As a new mom to have a baby who you're like, okay, I'm taking you for a walk. I'm breastfeeding you. I'm doing everything right. Why are you still crying? And that was really hard uh, to come to terms with. But geez, I wish she took a pacifier. I feel like that would have made my it, life easier. It would have
5: made things a lot easier. But then also, you think on the contrary, then you do have children who stick, with, and they have to wean from it, and that's <laughs> yeah. like a whole another can of worms. And I have, like I said, I've never had to deal with that, so mm-hmm. I know there's a lot you know, that has to do with that. But yeah, pacifiers, my stance is definitely I'm pro pacifier when it mm. works for your family. It helps with decrease SIDS rates to giving a pacifier at bed at bedtime, because it helps them. I think it helps in a couple ways, just if they're sleeping like on their face on their, you know, they have like a little bit more space in mm. between, like, cause the pacifier is right there in front of their mouth. And I think it also helps them not not go into as deep of a sleep for as long oh, because they're using that sucking mechanism. Yeah. So yeah, it helps to prevent SIDs. Definitely pro pacifier when, when it works for you.
0: All right, Lisa, we're gonna take a quick break and let everyone know who we're supported by. We are supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non alcoholic spirit. It's crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories. And Seedlip Spirit solved the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month or forever.
1: It's very cool. It's very refreshing. And it's very relaxing to drink a seed yes. lip beverage. I used to think, oh, the alcohol is what's making me relaxed when I drink an alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. No. Seed does the same. I don't know how. I don't know why. I'm th- sure there's a psychology behind it, but it works.
0: I think the ritual is a part of it. Also, seed lip is like a sexy drink because it sucks when you're not drinking and your only options are soda, water, or sugary mocktails, you know, like Half of those things make me feel sick and they're not like as cool looking. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. But whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108 and Grow 42, which we had tonight, are alcohol free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a simple splash of tonic but they can be used to make more complex cocktails like the ones that you'll find in the Seedlip Cocktail Book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore N-A. So head on over to Seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 for 10% off your soon-to-be favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is Seedlipdrinks.com and ThisFamilyTree10.
1: But we're also supported by...
0: Bravado Designs. Bravado Designs makes the best nursing bras The best bras that you can get your hands on.
1: And I put them in your hands.
0: You put them in my hands. We don't need
1: to do the origin story every time. But I did one day. It was a stormy day, actually. (laughs) It it might have been nighttime. And I was going through the mall thinking, what could make my wife happy? She's in need of a bra. (laughs) Next thing I know, I just grab a bra. It was kismet. Is it kismet or kismet? Kismet. Kismet. Whatever it was, I threw the bra to you. (laughs) And things have never been the same.
0: Things have never been the same. I've been in total comfort since that moment. Uh, I got into Bravado Designs Nursing Bras when I first started nursing Lucy. And you know now they're kind of growing with me because they have come out with an everyday collection. So these bras are not for nursing people. They have no clips. They're just for everyday wear. And they are so buttery and so comfortable. You can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com. Or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code ThisFamilyTree20 for 20% off. That's huge. Again, that is BravadoDesigns.com and ThisFamilyTree20. Now let's get back to our interview with Liesl. And do you have any other, you know, labor delivery nurse tips for soothing a baby when you're in the hospital? Because again, like, you know as a second time mom, this totally whooped me on my butt because I wasn't expecting it. But nurses always have the magic touch and I don't know what it is. So do you have any go-to shareable tips for just calming a baby?
5: It's hard because um, (laughs) I – no, but what I was going to say is a lot of times what happens is exactly what happened with you and we take baby out and that ends up soothing them just because it's a different environment. And, you know, sometimes that's just what you need to do. And that's, you know, don't feel any, Mm -hmm. any shame in that. Like Mm -hmm. we baby, we have very baby friendly hospitals, but, and we like to keep mom with baby as much as possible. But if your baby's screaming its head off and you're about to scream your head off, like we Nobody in your the wards is getting any
0: sleep probably.
5: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We can take your baby. You now. you know, some moms are not, some moms are like, no, I really, you know, I really don't like, I really don't want to send my baby out. Like I would really, I don't care that he or she is crying. I just mm-hmm. want to keep him here and that's okay too. Um, I'm going to go back to skin to skin though too, because mm-hmm. like I said, that is really, really beneficial to do even, you know, still in the hospital after those first 24 hours um, or even after those, you know, first, I don't know if we ever did the math. How long is a thousand minutes? I don't know. Divided I by 60. Know, right? isn't it, isn't it 16? It's 16, 60. Yeah. So a thousand divided by 60, whatever that is. Six, so that's how many hours. hours. Okay. So yeah. So that's like, you know, the first 16 hours, which is less than a day. So usually what we see with babies and it sounds like this is exactly what happened with you is like the first day they're pretty zonked out, exhausted. And then right at about that 24 hour mark, they're like, Oh, I'm born. Okay. I'm yeah. going to start crying.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do they because- call it? Is it there's, it's like the night from hell or something. Um, you're right. Right. And then, and there then they is cluster a
5: cluster feed. There, and there it's is like, like a, crazy. a a term for it. Yeah. Now I'm blanking, but there is like some cute little, I'll call it the night from it. hell. Cause that's okay. what it okay. was for me. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah. good. So the night from hell is day yeah. two, but yeah, we do see that because if you think about birth and how baby comes out of you, whether it's via C-section or whether it's vaginally, it's very stressful for baby. Mm-hmm. And it, cause it was very stressful for you yeah. too. So they're very tired after birth, just from going through birth. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot that just happened to them. So they're very tired. And we see that more with vaginal delivery moms, um, versus like a scheduled C-section because it's not as much stress on them Mm -hmm. having like a scheduled C-section like that. But especially with vaginal delivery moms, they have to go through that labor and, you know, maybe they had some bruising coming out. So they're just, you know, not feeling so great because their head is you know, a little bit bruised. They had to I mean it's it's sad to think about, but it's every baby goes through it. It's just, you know, it's that's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and eventually they're they're
0: totally fine.
5: Exactly. They don't remember it, but yeah, they're very exhausted and very tired from birth. So those first 24 hours are usually like, they're just chilling. They just want to eat. They're just kind of like recovering from birth, just how you are, Mm -hmm. you know? And then that second night, they're usually like, okay, my bruising starting to feel a little bit better. I'm starting to get a little bit more energy. I'm going to tell my mom exactly what I want. I'm going to start crying a little bit more. So we do see that. So I like to say, I like to just first off, Like, let mom's parents know Mm. about that, that that is a normal physiological thing that we see happen with babies that second night, third night kind of syndrome. Um, Maybe that's what it's called, second night syndrome. Second night
0: syndrome works. (laughs) Night from hell, second night syndrome. What the hell did I do?
5: Why did I have a baby syndrome? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, we do see that. That's a normal occurrence. So, don't be you know, completely off card when it happens mm-hmm. to you, because it it happens to almost, you know, all babies and we almost see it. Well, usually see it more with babies based on their due dates too. So if they're born like a couple weeks early, like 38 weeks or 39 weeks versus like a 40 week or a 41 week baby, sometimes they take a little bit longer even to kind of wake up and realize that they're born because They're not even quite to like their due date. Mm -hmm. So be aware of that too, that if you had a baby at 38 weeks, they might be kind of tired and exhausted and just sleepy. Like they're still, they're Mm -hmm. pretending that they're still in utero closer you know, getting closer to your, to your due date. We definitely do see that too, yeah, that then moms come, you know, two weeks later to the <laughs> pediatrician. They're like, uh, what happened? Like, why yeah. is my baby like this? It, he's been sleeping and eating and that's it for, you know, the past mm-hmm. two weeks. And why is he now like all of a sudden crying or, you know, fussy or whatever. It's just, yeah. Babies are babies. They're oh, in charge too. They are in charge. <laughs> and then they
0: just turn into toddlers who are even more in charge. And it's yep. it's a oh, nonstop yes. roller coaster. And what are do you think, like, if you could think about, you know, all the experiences you've had working with new mothers in the labor and delivery unit, do you come across the same concerns that they have? What do you think is the most prevalent concern that new mothers or new parents have? Yeah. So
5: I would say probably breastfeeding is pretty tough. A lot of people have issues with breastfeeding for a variety of different reasons. The first time around, the second time around, it's usually much more of a learning curve the first time around. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you agree with that.
0: Absolutely.
5: So there's a whole lot of issues that can arise with that talking about milk supply and latch and all of these things. But one of the things I think that people are just completely blown away with is like how exhausted you are and how you like, you know, everyone kind of knows, okay, it's going to be, you're not, your baby's going to be getting up in the middle of the night. You're going to be getting less sleep. It's going to be like this, but until you actually are in it and feeling the level of exhaustion of only getting a few hours of sleep here and there, or getting intermittent sleep you know, it, that can be really, really hard for parents, for new moms. And another thing I was going to say too, is now it's left my brain (laughs) talking about
0: tired, being tired, like concerns, like concerns for new moms.
5: Yes. So another thing, uh, that we see with being tired is sometimes this is something that I personally experience. is sometimes you actually sleep a little bit better after the baby comes versus like nine months pregnant, because Mm -hmm. remember what being nine months pregnant feels like you're, you're pregnant and it's hard. You're getting up every five minutes to pee. And then when your baby comes, okay, I'm getting up intermittently in the night, but like, I don't have any physical, as many physical ailments. So That's, that's sometimes we hear that too, is that you're sleeping a little bit, your quality of sleep is a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not getting as much of it, but sleep in general, I would say is something that mom's parents in general just are completely like not prepared for. And it's hard to prepare for that kind of thing. You know, it's the only thing you can really do is like read about it and listen to other moms or other parents talk about it. But like, once you kind of go through it, it's just, a patch right passage sort of situation. One thing that one of my midwives, I went through like a postpartum care kind of program and had like a lot of really great postpartum visits. One thing that she said to me that really, really helped was, okay, Liesl, you know, you're not going to get eight hours of sleep at night. That's <laughs> just not possible. Right. But I want you to try as hard as you possibly can to get eight hours of sleep collectively in those 24 hours, whether it's you get a two hour nap here, somebody comes over, but she was like, you know, you're not going to do it, but if you at least try and strive for it, maybe you'll get six. And then maybe you can go off of six. So really treat that sleep like gold. And Does like, that count? I'm trying-
0: like if you get eight hours collectively, I mean-
5: It's not, so it's obviously not going to be like getting Mm -hmm. eight hours, you know, in a, a, in a row, but it's going to be much better than getting three hours in a row, you know? So that was an advice that she gave to me was like, don't try to look at lack of sleep. Like, Oh, I'll be fine. I'll wing it. Like if you're tired or if you're not even tired, try to track your sleep and say, I'm going to try and lay down right now. My baby is asleep. I know I have to do this, that, and the other, but I'm going to really try and lay down Mm -hmm. and get this sleep or get this rest at least and close my eyes because it's going to help you bank sleep later too. So we all know that babies are like this. There's going to be periods where you're going through a regression or whatnot, and you're just naturally not going to get as much sleep. So if you've banked a little bit, whether it's in those first few days postpartum, or whether it's, you know, weeks and weeks, if you just kind of have that mentality of like, I'm going to treat sleep like gold, and I'm going to try and get as much sleep as possible, you're going to be in a much better mental state, when you have to go through one of those periods with baby, cause they happen, you know, we all know that they Absolutely. happen. So I would say tiredness, that is something that people are very unaware of physical recovery, like physical pain is something that I would say people are just not prepared for and not aware of like what healing from a vaginal tear is like, what heal, you know, what healing from a C-section is like how that abdominal pain kind of feels and how you're not able to really move around as much. So that, you know, that's something, and that's coupled along all with like not getting as much sleep. So it's just, when you put everything together, it's postpartum. I've done a few posts on Instagram that like just saying like postpartum is, why didn't anybody tell me that postpartum was this hard? Yeah, it is so hard. You know,
0: okay. The hardest thing postpartum. So the first time I had a pretty bad episiotomy. And then no episiotomy the second time, but they did kind of recut the first one because there was some bad healing of scar tissue, so they fixed it up. But uh both times, the hardest thing about – at least the second time I knew it was coming – postpartum poops. Yeah. That yes, was – that's another
5: one. Oh, Liesl, block I blocked that out of my – I'm out of my memory.
0: <laughs> so after I had Lucy three years ago, it took me maybe, I don't know, five months before I wasn't – terrified and actually feeling like I was suffering some kind of – something related to PTSD. Maybe it was a mild form of PTSD. It was something. But my heart rate would go up. I'd start to get sweats. I'd sit on the toilet for a very long time. And I'd just be crying before I even started to push because I was, like, worried about the pain. And, like, even if there wasn't pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be worried about pushing my vagina out of when I was trying to poop. So – Do you have advice for women like who are trying to take that first poop?
5: Yeah. So that is one of those ones that people are very unprepared for too is, so we're very fixated on like pooping during labor and like not pooping (laughs) while you're pushing. That's a fear that a lot of people have. And I've talked about that a lot, but the contrary, like the other side to that is this whole like first poop after you give birth. And my advice is stock up on glycerin suppositories if you need them, because those are great. Um, and they work for, you know, a majority of the so time. Do you put you need those them. up the butt? Yeah. So it's a oh, suppository. Okay. So you don't have to, do, you know, sometimes you're not going to, not everybody's going to need that extreme, but mm-hmm. I like to say, you know what? They're a few bucks at Walmart. Just grab a pack if you need them. It's the kind of thing that you don't want to sit in the car and go drive and
0: get when you need them, you know? So it's better just to like have on hand. What's the difference between a glycerin suppository and like a stool softener that you take orally?
5: Yeah. So glycerin suppository is like local direct. It's right. It goes right into your rectum and it, it kind of like lubricates poop that's already there. And then a stool softener goes through your whole body. So it's systemic. So it kind of like draws water out from your body and puts it back into your GI system. So like you're, you make poop naturally, that's a little bit softer, but you can't take a stool softener. If you've already got poop in your rectum, that is really, really hard. okay. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, that's where that Glycerin suppository is really, really helpful. If you're already crazy, crazy, crazy constipated, you're going to need one of those glycerin suppositories, but if you can prevent it on the front end, now, sometimes you need both of them together. You need to take stool softeners. And that's another tip I have is like, make sure you're on top of the stool softeners. So usually what they do is they'll give you Tylenol and, you know, ibuprofen after mm-hmm. birth. And then they'll say, do you want to take stool softeners and me <laughs> being Me, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need them. I'm fine. I'll just do, you know, like, you know, exercises and like drink water. I don't need them. I'm good. Who's doing exercises Um, right there? I don't know. (laughs) Not me not me. Yeah, not me. So I denied the stool softeners the first time and totally regretted it because I did need the, the glycerin's depositories. Mm-hmm. Let's be very clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was very, it was a very bad, like sweating, you know, kind of situation I where I'm like, this it's is horrible. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. So my second time around, I learned my lesson and I said, okay, we are taking, uh, all the doses of the stool softeners that I need to. So <laughs> that's one thing that I say, don't, uh, it just take them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's they're perfectly fine, perfectly fine for breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. So take stool softeners. Colace is one of my favorite ones. So that helps. And then drinking lots of water obviously is going to help. Warm water is really, really good. So you're not, you know, stuff with caffeine, you know, it's like, I mean, coffee is one of those ones that like, it does make you poop, but trying to stay away from like caffeine because sometimes it can give like indirect, like it's not. Right. Like you need to just stay away from like caffeinated drinks and just drink water or like tea or something. Tea is really great. Um, but warm water is great too, or warm tea because the warmness will help to dilate everything. So it kind of just helps everything pass a little bit better. So, you know, some people aren't so keen on warm liquids, but You can do warm liquids. That's really, really great. Even like room temperature stuff versus like ice cold water can help too. And then in terms of like exercising, you're not going to be exercising, obviously the first few days postpartum, but even just moving your legs back and forth in bed is going to help. Okay. I don't want you to be doing laps around your house, (laughs) but Moving your legs back and forth, that mm. movement is going to help your GI system too. And then, you know, all of the normal things like eating stuff with fiber is going to help too. A squatty potty, exactly. I have one of those little tushy bidets and we, that. Do you,
0: can, yeah. We are obsessed with our yeah. tushy. Like, we are too. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Like we – it's hard to even go elsewhere now.
5: I know Mm -hmm. you get so like spoiled with having. I know no toilet paper. It's like, oh, okay. I'm just going to spray my butt, and then
0: and how (laughs) nice! It's perfect for like (laughs) women. So like in pregnancy, right? When you're like nine months pregnant, if you have hemorrhoids or something. Oh my gosh! Yes, and God knows I did. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's
5: so useful. (laughs) Yeah, and that just that that's another Mm -hmm. factor in it too. Is you. Very common to have hemorrhoids right Mm -hmm. after birth. Very common to have hemorrhoids in pregnancy, but very common to have them after birth too. So that just like compounds the problem even more Mm -hmm. of like having sometimes ones that are even like, you know, they hurt really bad. They itch. They're just, oh. So yeah, definitely doing all of the things moving your legs around, drinking enough water, drinking warm water, if you can, taking your stool softeners and then having those glycerin suppositories on hand. Some people even prefer like doing an enema versus a glycerin suppository. I prefer the glycerin suppository. I think it's a little bit less invasive. I I don't know. I just... But to each their own, you know, some people are like, no, I would rather squirt something on my butt than like stick something up my butt. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Not me, not me. And I agree. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I mean, to each their own, it's having something, some kind of element like that, Mm -hmm. if you need it is great to just have around the house. Because like I said, you don't wanna get in that car. And even if it's only a five-minute drive, you yeah. don't wanna sit on your butt, your super constipated butt for five minutes and waddle yourself in or you know, s- even send your partner out to go mm-hmm. get you something. You want it right
0: then. Yeah. No, <laughs> you want it right then. It's crucial. And for for my first kid, a friend of ours who gave birth a month before, they were like, make sure you pack stool softeners. The hospital, the hospital probably will give you some, but for when you get discharged, you wanna make sure that you have some on hand. And I did. And thank God. Because even with that, it was hell. And had I known that glycerin suppositories were a thing, I didn't know yeah. this was a thing, I would have been <laughs> all over that. Lisa. I would have been so all over that. And honestly, tip of the century because I had never – heard that and that's where I oh, want to even end the postpartum like the you know early Love postpartum it. episode with because <laughs> th- I don't think that there's a better tip than that the glycerin suppositories is genius it is just buy them there are a few bucks at Walmart like I said just just go get
5: them order them from <laughs> on your next Amazon uh, delivery just just plop them into your cart it's you'll trust
0: me you'll thank me later <laughs> no that's amazing and I, I do appreciate it obviously like the first time like it's such a joy having you you're super knowledgeable, easy to talk to, and it, it's so nice. Thank you. Um, but Liesl, where can where can listeners go to find you online, check out your podcast, everything?
5: Yeah. So I am Mommy Labor Nurse pretty much everywhere on the internet, mommylabornurse.com. We have our birth courses, online courses, um, lots of blog articles that you can read. We have like little pregnancy week-by-week updates um, that you can subscribe to and get our updates, and then on Instagram, I'm mommy.labornurse, and that's – where I hang out most days on Instagram. And then I have the mommy labor nurse podcast too, where you can listen to your episode in, like I said, I think we said August 16th in a few weeks when it comes out. And we've got lots of other cool episodes. I do birth stories on there. I do Q and A's where I go and deep dive into kind of subjects, solo uh, kind of subjects. And then I have experts on there too. And we talk about all things related to motherhood and pregnancy and,
0: yeah, it's great. So go find more, you know, superb <laughs> tips like glycerin suppositories. Like the glycerin
5: suppositories. That's yes. that's life-changing.
0: I almost <laughs> if I was to have another kid, I would just to see what that was like and to finally get the pooping down yeah. pat
5: you want to have a third child just to like be able to experience the grill assurance suppository I, after birth? Is
0: that what you're saying? I don't want a third kid, <laughs> but I want to finally just like feel like That's I delicious. won over the poop because the the postpartum poops beat me up twice and I feel like I just need to like show it that I'm boss. That might be the only reason yeah. I'd have another one, Liesl, but <laughs> truly, thank you. Thank you okay, so, well, so, much. Okay, Well, if you ever
5: get... If you ever get really, really constipated, regardless of if you nice. give birth, then maybe you can revisit those feelings and maybe you can, like, you
0: know, work through that. You know what? That 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 might be something that needs to happen, some healing here. But <laughs> yeah. I, thank you. Honestly, thank you so, so much again. And above everything, just so nice to talk to you again. Yes. Thank you for having me. Heck yeah. Take care, eh? Bye. Bye.
1: That was Vin Liesel.
0: Vin Diesel, I like calling her that because she is so badass when it comes to just, you know, knowledge of anything having babies. She's so good at it because obviously that is what she does in her career and that is what she does in her, you know, second job, which is being a megastar and mega knowledge influencer on Instagram.
1: Do you know what the most important thing to Vin Diesel is in the Fast and Furious franchise? His scalp. His scalp family.
0: Mm. Well, Liesl helps bring families into this world.
1: I know that was my connective tissue there.
0: No, that's good. That's good. They have more in common than I thought.
1: But good job there. Thank you. Now we're getting to my favorite part. This is the mailbag segment. So you've taken listener questions. I have. And you've researched them. I have. Now you're going to answer them and you might include me in if I'm needed (laughs) at all. Like to, I don't know, chip in.
0: All right. So question number one not much research needed here. They say, love the TikToks, but do your neighbors ever catch you? So our neighbors can't catch us because our neighbors watch us from the beginning of the process until the very end. Because everybody in our neighborhood, and, we, and we've spoken about this before, at like every single house, every single day in the summer, people are just sitting out on the front porch. It's a very communal neighborhood. Everybody talks to each other all the time. So when Shane and I go and set up our TikTok thing and start acting. And it takes us several takes of each video to like nail one. Uh, it's humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're sitting on their porches watching us and it is very embarrassing.
1: And Alex used to get very embarrassed to yes. the point where she would subconsciously just lower her voice if she saw any neighbors. And I would have to be like, use your adult voice. You know, <laughs> our outdoor voices. Now I'm the one getting a little embarrassed, I find. <laughs> And the other day, it sounded like we were fighting because the skit required Alex (laughs) to yell, all men are trash. And we had to do like 30 takes. And Alex is so comfortable and loves the all men are trash line so much (laughs) that you really screamed it. And people are sit every it was a nice day. So everyone's sitting on their porches. And I was like, normally I say, speak up. I was like, let's just lower it. Let's calm down a little bit here. (laughs) And I tried to really smile afterwards to show like, hey, this is just the skit because the skit was about that Alex is a jealous wife. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, it was after we finished that one, I saw Sherry sitting across the street. So I gave her a big wave to show her that, you know, it's all in jest and good fun. But... uh, yeah, so it is embarrassing and there's no there's no turning back now. But here's the thing. I think that before I got embarrassed because our TikToks weren't getting very many views. But now that we're like blown up on TikTok, oh, I don't care.
1: We're 4,000 away from having 100,000 followers. Yeah. High five.
0: High five, babe. Yeah, and I don't care anymore because it's like, hey, legit uh, TikTokers here, guys. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was. Ironically, though, that video where you said men are trash. Yeah. And screamed at the top of your lungs at me during the video. It only got like six thousand views. It's the only one we ever had that got under ten thousand.
0: I know. And here's the thing: that one makes me laugh every time I watch it because you're so funny in it too, just like being yelled at and everything, and apologizing <laughs> for me after. <laughs> I think it's really well. Funny. I hear
1: you watching it quite often. <laughs> like if it, if you're in the washroom, I just hear Giggling. it being fired up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Next question. So you guys went out this week. Do the kids go to your parents whenever you drink? So no, but we did have did Who we wrote have somebody here? Uncle Petey.
1: Oh, got <laughs> sauce. That's funny.
0: So when we went out on Thursday, we actually had Nona here. So that's it's my stepmother. stepmother. And uh, typically when we go out, she's living with us. So my parents the kids don't go anywhere, they're still home. And, you know, if if somebody's going to stay here, I mean, it's usually Nona in the spare bedroom. Or if my parents are here until we come home, they just live down the street. So it's so easy peasy.
1: But not when we stumble in at 2 a.m. Oh, hey, you can just
0: easy peasy for us, Shane. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. (laughs) You have to clarify these.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so so the kids stay home uh, just because it's so much easier for the kids as well, because then, you know, they can stay in their own beds. Although Lucy is so good at, you know, impromptu sleepovers at her grandparents. She got taken to the cottage last week by my parents without Shane and I and loved it, like has a great time. So Lucy is she loves her grandparents and is so happy to kind of go off wherever and have a fun night.
1: I'm an idiot. I meant to talk about this in the opening. Well, I'll talk about it now. Having one kid
0: oh my gosh. was the
1: greatest thing. And I know, by the way, if if you're a parent and you just have one kid, I know it's still tough.
0: It's the toughest but, thing ever.
1: But the easiest thing for a parent is when you go from two to one. <laughs> it's just like, how did we ever think this was tough? This I know. it was such a breeze for us.
2: It was it, the house
1: was so silent. And yes, Betty is a very silent baby so i realize all children are not like this but just our experience it was like a library in the house the house was so clean all it was of a sudden spotless messes once you clean it the mess would just be gone it wouldn't come back instantly and i just uh, i i love that time so much I know,
0: it was so nice well for me honestly it was the cleanliness of the house and being able to kick back every night after betty's bedtime and Because, like, first of all, you know, you put Lucy to bed and then for the next hour she is asking to have help to go pee or poo and she spends the next hour going back and forth to the potty to try to go. But Betty, you put her down, she's done until, you know, 6 a.m. the next day and then the house would be spotless and it was beautiful. Beautiful little time, babe. I like that. All right, next question. How do period cycles sync up between friends? I Shane, you want this. to take this? Yeah. yeah.
1: So what happens is.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is actually uh, from my research and you know, if you have something different, I I totally welcome more discussion on this. But what I found is that this idea, and it's kind of a myth, but it started with research findings that were published in Nature, which is a super, you know, super popular scientific journal. And this was in 1971. So there was a researcher called Martha McClintock, and she studied menstrual cycles of 135 women. So I mean, that's a small sample size in an American college. Again, there, you know, a lot of them are living together. And she found that the onset of the date of menstruation was more similar among friends and roommates than among like just random pairings of women. So she hypothesized that this was because the women who were spending time together had the chance for their pheromones to affect each other. And I mean, if I think back to my university days, there were five of us in the house and all of us had our periods around the same time, or at least it seemed that way. And now what I found more recently, is that, you know, because of different cycle lengths, maybe there's two or three months in a year where your periods are syncing up totally by chance. But your periods and your pheromones probably aren't actually impacting each other. And it's likely to be, you know, the less exciting and less kind of like girl friends for the win. What's what am I looking for there?
1: I have no clue.
0: Like, like, bromance what's the opposite of bromance or the girl version
1: uh (laughs) girl on girl love
2: i don't know
0: anyway it's likely just something that happens by chance and because of people having you know cycles that last different amount of days but yeah so not not so interesting
1: i don't find that you get periods i find that you get exclamation points
0: isn't that like a sign uh seinfeld thing
1: no, this is a joke I, I mentioned on the podcast and you laughed so hard. <laughs> you you lost your mind and you couldn't believe that I came up with it. So I wanted to use it again because I know you have a bad memory because I had already said that <laughs> joke to you yeah. like a few years before that even. And uh, now it's, it's out of your system. So there's no laughter. And mind you, my timing there was not great. <laughs> and my delivery... But I wanted to see how powerful that joke was.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's somewhere enough in my memory that I thought maybe it was a Seinfeld thing. Yeah. All right. Next question. Why does society embrace the dad bod but not the mom bod? Well, that's because men essentially make the standard, make the rules, and then women internalize and reinforce those. But yeah, essentially... Women can't be hot and have a mom bod in like the general eye of society. You have to be either like a mom, old lady, crone type, or a young, hot, you know, fertile woman type, and you can't have one in the same. And of course, that's bullshit. And of course, that's something that we all need to fight against and start seeing more and showing more on social media and in ads and everything like that. But it's a patriarchal problem.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs)
0: that's good input. No, but okay, next question. What are some life lessons that you want your kids to learn early on? So Shane, while you think, I'll say mine. Number one, to be a helper and to, you know, so many things I think fall into being a helper. It's being kind, being patient, knowing that you aren't better than anybody or more superior to anybody, and that you always need to lend a helping hand to neighbors. And I know, you know, for most people, and especially if you're in education, uh, that is such an important thing that you teach every day. But I've been actually coming across more and more articles from mom forums and things like that, that suggest not to teach your kids that and to teach your kids that they don't have to share. And like, I get the thought behind that 100%, especially the sharing thing. But I mean, I'm still going to teach my kids to share and to make others feel good. And you can do that while simultaneously, you know, helping to boost their confidence and teach them how to be bold and make their desires known and their boundaries known and things like that. But I, I think that being a helper is such a huge thing. And next that it's OK to fail. As we've talked about so many times on this podcast, the easiest way to help your kids achieve success, and this has been shown in Harvard studies in so many huge studies, is to allow them to fail and to be okay with it when they fail and help them, you know, well, not too much, but watch them get back up, support them when they need it. And, you know, the quicker you screw something up and learn to do better, the quicker you're going to be successful and again, more confident.
1: There's a quote by Michael Jordan that comes to mind. He says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Michael Jordan.
0: Michael Jordan. Just everyone. top
1: of the dome, I just have that.
0: <laughs> you did not pull out your phone for that one.
1: No, I did not. <laughs> I like to be present here. Another thing I wanted to talk about when I went I went out with my friends. Yes. I've noticed that people pull out their phones so much more than I ever realized. Mm. And I think yeah. before the pandemic, I did this a lot. Yeah. But obviously, while we were in the pandemic, our phones became so much tied to our job mm-hmm. that when I was out, it felt like don't pull out the phone at all. And then I'm sitting around and I'm like, this is Shane's first time out. <laughs> Everyone's got their phones out every two seconds. Drove me wild. So that is something that I would like to instill in children. And you hear this often like, be in the moment, mm-hmm. be in the present. You know, sometimes you talk to older people and they look back and they say, I just wish I would have enjoyed it more, or appreciated it more. And I do hear mm-hmm. this a lot in, interviews with whether it's a basketball player entertainer they're just like while they were going through it they wish they could have enjoyed it and not been so stressed out and for me I struggle with anxiety all the time anything I do I'm worried about and it's a not a fun way to live it's mm-hmm. hard to just enjoy it and that's what I would want Lucy and Betty to have a lot which is a really happy life and yes be kind and share but to me that's a given that's the baseline yeah you, ha- you have to be doing that and i think every parent needs to be teaching that but something that we don't always covet i guess in the way that we should it's being in the moment because mm-hmm. obviously to give parents some stress-free times you do rely on the screen time yeah. and whatever and it is addictive and Problematic in ways that we probably won't understand till you and I are, are old. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm even now trying to break away from my cell phone and try to live in the moment more. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. my answer.
0: No, I think that's awesome. That is so good. And did you feel offended uh, by any chance that they were pulling out their phone so much on your first night out?
1: Very. I, I felt embarrassed for them too. Oh,
0: okay. And
1: I felt, <laughs> and I know this goes against what you were saying, <laughs> better than them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> no, I like it. Okay, good answers. Next question. Do you think you became a better person when you became a parent? So this one's easy. I, th- I think yes, in a lot of ways. Maybe in some ways, no, but I I don't know what those ways are yet. I maybe have to do more self-reflection, but I think I did. And, you know, I've heard people say like different circumstances – Uh, like they don't need to be a parent to become a better person and of, of course you don't but I think for me personally it just illuminated some things that I wasn't very good at that I didn't necessarily you know do the best that I could in regards to other people and relationships and it really helped me to find ways that I could improve and be better and maybe you know think of others more be more considerate.
1: Well, for me, what coincided with being a parent was getting older. Mm. So by the mere fact, I was in my early 30s when we started having kids. And now I'm in my late 30s. I'm almost 40. Almost 40. 40. So yeah, when you were pregnant, what, I was 32 or 33?
0: No, you you would have been... uh,
1: How does this work? 35? Oh, was I, I was 34 when you were pregnant. Yes. 35 when you had... Yeah. Yes. So I was in my early 30s. Now I'm in my late 30s. And just a byproduct of getting older is you would just become a different person regardless whether mm-hmm. you had children or not. You've gone through so many relationships mm-hmm. and you reflect a lot during that period. You are ent- entering middle age. So I think it helps being a dad, but I don't think being a dad is the, the real thing. I think mm-hmm. age and time have made me a wiser person and just a more reflective person.
0: I know. I agree. And I think it's the same with women for that age group in your 30s, whether you have kids, whether you don't, whether you're married, whether you're not. Like, I just think that that is such a time for growth because of where you are. And here's the thing. We're probably going to be looking back when we're 50 and being like, can you imagine? We thought we were these, you know, awesome humans in our 30s and like, look at how much growth and learning we've done since then. But next question. What is the difference between nightmares and night? terrors so night terrors are different than nightmares if you haven't had them if you don't know anybody that's had them Uh, but the dreamer of a nightmare wakes up from the dream and they remember details and things like that but a person who's having a child really who's having a night terror they don't wake up and then they don't remember anything about it The next morning, and it's really scary. My brother used to have them, and he would just start screaming out of nowhere in the middle of the night. My whole family would rush into his bedroom, and he would be thrashing and yelling. And my mom would try to calm down. She couldn't calm down. And you just have to kind of wait it out. So I I have a quick graphic that compares the two. So night terrors, they usually happen one to three hours after falling asleep, but nightmares happen more than three hours after falling asleep. A night terror usually starts with like a sudden cry of terror, and that sounds dramatic, but that's totally what my brother did. It would be like a blood-curdling scream. And a nightmare might start with just like, you know, whimpering, building up to something more dramatic. If you comfort a person with night terrors, they don't respond because they're still asleep. They don't know you're comforting them. Whereas a person with a nightmare, of course, they're going to respond to the comfort. They're going to appreciate it. And then, like I said, night uh, night terror, you won't remember in the morning. Nightmare, you'll probably remember some details. But there you go. Shane, have you ever had a night terror? Do your parents ever tell stories about that?
1: Mm, I think my sister did. For mm. me, no, I had that weird, weird wount, wount thing right. happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nightmares for sure.
0: Yeah. I had lots of nightmares that were terrifying, but no terrors. And finally, the last question on this segment What is the weirdest thing you've eaten while traveling? So, hands down for me, and I, I think I've spoken about this before, maybe on a date night episode brains. Uh, yeah. Brains. Cow brains uh, that were in a taquito. From a stall on a quiet Mexican street, some might say that that was risky of me. You know, some Anthony
1: Bourdain would scoff at that. I, he, I agree. He would say that's the easy way out.
0: Well, here is the thing: a local took me. They're like, "These are the best brains in the country. You are gonna love them." And I was like, "Okay, this is weird, uh, but hey, like, let's try it." And he said, "You like taquitos?" And I was like, "Yeah." So he goes, "Okay, great." Gets me one of these things, and this is like at like one a.m. It was phenomenal. It was so tasty.
1: And how many martinis, old fashions, and beers had you had this night?
0: A couple de secchis, but that's it. Okay. What about you?
1: I don't know. I'm not very adventurous. Maybe lobster in, where were we, PEI? <laughs> P-
0: yeah. Well, you, you had an oyster.
1: Oyster, yeah. That was slimy. That was fun to eat, though. Lobster might have scared me a little bit more. Shane no, oysters them, were scary.
0: Well, yeah. tell them what you thought. So, Shane, he's not a seafood eater. However, what did you think that lobster tasted like upon trying it for the first time? I thought this was so funny.
1: One, two, three. Broccoli. <laughs>
0: oh, Why didn't you say it? <laughs> sorry, do it again.
1: One, two, three.
0: Broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is so funny because lobster is such like an expensive coveted thing And you're like, this just tastes like weird broccoli. And I just thought that was so funny.
1: (laughs) You did that thing again where I say a word early and then you use it later on. Coveted.
0: Coveted. When did you use coveted?
1: I used it earlier. I was saying something was coveted.
0: Well, I'm sorry for stealing your words. It's a
1: compliment. You're a sponge and you're a true learner. (laughs) I wish I had what you had.
0: But that is it for tonight.
1: That is all for tonight, too. And thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you had as much fun listening as we did recording. And if you had half as much fun, how about you give us that five-star rating? Just or do it. Just do it. Thanks so much for listening to This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast,
2: episode 96.